Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? Just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing in my bed. He's just Makazi now. He's not okay, so so Makazi. He's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a boy. Ten years he's a later. man. He's a man. Man, Makazi. Are you ready? He got PWS superstar. I am fucked. He was gone in two minutes. In go Bernalis. In Bernalis. In go Nerablis. You're missing a B there, but that's. There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Crange alongside, yes, I am reunited, Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? We're back. I am. Yes, yes. It's been what three weeks? It has. Two Is this a? Are, are we more of a demolition or like a Legion of Doom career path? I'm trying to think of like. Team that sort of because like you, you the reason demolition came to my mind is like case low would be like my crush or whatever right but is there I don't know if there's a better comp in the lead well, then, then that means that means you're making me axe well I mean and and I'm out of the picture because I'm old broken down and and actually he's, well, I, that, well. Was like, that was like 1990 think it, think it is though that was like 1991 and he like still works today right yeah so yeah that's not bad. Uh, because um, what would be the, the the Road Warriors Legion of Doom comp would be? I mean, I don't know. It's Case, like well, Sasaki case. or something. <laughs> like, no, I make them draws, right? I, are we going that era? So then you're just a drunken boob that just can't, and then that's what maybe. Okay, Who that, says I have to be Hulk. Why can't you be Hawk? Why do I have to be the drunk? Well, no, because I, I I tagged with the young boy then. 
and you oh, went yeah, on your okay. solo venture. You. So it's got to be that. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be that dynamic where I, I was having on his own. Yeah, I'm got trying, his I'm, arm I'm, broken I'm, by Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think Case would rather be a power warrior, though, don't you think? That's like, what I said. Is he more a Kensei Sasaki? We can do that. That kind of works. he'd rather be, but why don't we just make him draws? I think stick okay. to him and... Yeah, that works for me. So anyway, you and I, we're back. Finally reunited after three weeks. I uh, do want to mention, and we'll get to that here in a little bit, that this episode is sponsored by both Lyft and Casper Mattress. Two, Joe. Two people sponsoring us now. It's big time. They're all insane. They know G1's coming. They're, 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 the G1 fi- like, we're going to talk a lot of G1 finals here, and they, they wanted to get in on this. They're like, you know what? That market... They saw ESPN's getting big on WWE. They're going, okay, we need to target these guys this week. And, and I don't blame them. They're smart. This is the right show to target, too. Can't disagree with you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we definitely want to thank them a lot. And um, we are going to start off just kind of talking about Lyft a little bit because there's an awesome bonus uh, that we have exclusive to us uh, from Lyft that I think you guys are going to be really interested in. Um, before we get kind of the meat and potatoes of that, I do want to say that we are – essentially their sponsorship is they are looking for additional drivers for Lyft. This is not for you to ride Lyft because regardless, I mean I enjoy riding Lyft. I've done it a few times. They gave us a little bit of credit and I drove around a little bit and I, I was talking up the drivers because that's one of the things they said. They said, you know, talk to the drivers. That w- That's what we want you to tell your listeners that driving for Lyft is great. pays almost $35 an hour. It's flexible. You drive on your time. You ride whenever you want. And, you, you know, we have this little bonus that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But, yeah, it, there's just those extra benefits. So they kind of said, hey, here's some credit. Drive around a little bit. I had done Lyft before that. But, you know, this time I did it with a little bit of a different feel or whatever. And they said, talk to your drivers. Talk them up. Well, first off, I was like, no one's going to want it. Like, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to say, hey, how are you doing? They're going to just, like, be like, shut up. Don't talk to me. Whatever. I was kind of surprised. I took uh, maybe you know, a handful of, uh, of Lyft drives. Unfortunately, I had to, like, go aimlessly around here. But that's fine. That, that worked easily. Uh, the two people I talked to, it was a very interesting way to kind of get an idea of, of who Lyft drivers are because the first guy I had, uh, we were kind of talking him up, and he's a home health nurse. So he does, like, he's got a normal job. He does all that, but he just does this on the side. He says, hey, when it's nighttime and I got nothing going on, I do this. I make extra money. I, you know, I don't have to wait to get paid with Uber. You do. I just cash out of my bank account instantly, and, and there we go. You know, I can, I can ride for a night, grab 50 bucks or whatever, $100. He says he gets about 200 dollars max about 100 to a 200 cashes out and he's done for the day boom that's it for him the second driver i had that i thought really i I wanted to point out um she actually worked at an insurance agency in downtown chicago and said the only reason she does lift is she lives out here in the suburbs where i live and basically on her way back from the city she just like picks people up and drives them to the suburbs so she just like little by little maybe it takes like an extra two hours to get home or whatever but she makes another you know 150 dollars every single night on her way home from work and, you know, you can't beat that. That's pretty good, and you can take your money out right away. So that's just an awesome little thing. I thought those two people were cool little stories of Lyft drivers because these are people that they, they have jobs. They have normal lives or whatever, and they're still doing it. But you can do it even – I mean, regardless of what you're looking to do, it's easy money. Uh, you have a car. If you have a car, you're good. You know, you drive whenever you want, cash out whenever you want, and, and it's just – it's a pretty good deal. It's a lot of money. You can make up to $35 an hour, and here's the deal – that our listeners have, you can get a $500 sign-on bonus. $500, Rich. That's not can bad. You believe this? Okay? So get on your phone, get on your computer, get on your mobile device, do whatever you got to do. Go to lift.com slash bonus. That's lift, L-Y-F-T. Yes. Dot com slash bonus, L-Y-F-T. And then select our show, Voices of Wrestling. If you sign on, everything works out. You do some driving for Lyft, they're going to pay you a $500 bonus. Just like that. Easy. 500 bucks 
and you make up to $35 an hour when you're driving as well. So that is lyft.com, L-Y-F-T, slash bonus, select our show, Voices of Wrestling, claim your $500 bonus. It's not bad. You know what you can do with 500 bucks? What would you do with 500 What would I do with 500 bucks? If somebody handed you $500 right now, you know, you went to lyft.com, slash bonus, picked Voices of Wrestling, and they just instantly sent you 500 bucks, what would you do? They're not going to instantly send you $500, but, you know, in this case, in this hypothetical case, you got 500 bucks. What do you do? I would invest it wisely, Rich. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> would you? Sure, I would. I'd buy some stocks. No, you I'd wouldn't. Wait, There's no wait. way you would buy some. What, what <laughs> stocks are you buying? What are you buying? If you really want to know the truth of the matter, I'm basically living off stocks right now. But yes, I would purchase I would uh, I would invest the money wisely, Rich. Would I, you invest in I, WWE? Because Darren Ravel told me it's a very healthy business right now. So I have uh, I have learned that investing your money wisely is smart for, for rainy <laughs> days. I've yes. learned that. That's right. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah, again, like uh, Joe mentioned, lift.com slash bonus. Uh, select Voices of Wrestling, and you sign up. You drive a little bit. You get that $500 bonus, 35 bucks an hour. You can't beat it. You do it whenever you want. Uh, it all works through your mobile app as well. But, uh, yeah, just super good, and, and we really do appreciate them for uh, sponsoring this week's show, which I think we get to the meat and potatoes of the show now because we got a lot to talk about. We got the G1 Climax Finals coming up. We're going to awkwardly walk through the scenarios that are going to happen. But thankfully, I did a little bit of research. I was wrong only three times. Which isn't bad. You you put the over under at two point five, which I thought was very low, for how many times how many scenarios I get wrong. But I, we got most of them, so we can lose because our annual like Joe and Rich like look at the G one climax standings and like awkwardly for forty five minutes try to figure out the scenario. We I think we we, we won't do that because we got it already. We got that all set. Also, we want that's hor- and that's horrible radio. It's just the worst radio ever. Yeah, that that's actually hundred percent of the reason why I did that article. Is I said I just need to do this now because if I don't, Joe and I are going to get on the air, and Joe's going to go, "Hey, who, who's got a chance of still winning this thing?" And then you and I are just going to sit there and go, "Okay, Elgin, if he uh, no, 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 nobody wants to hear that. That's awful." Uh, with SummerSlam weekend, I know it's you know we still got another week until that's going on, but it's just a loaded weekend, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, as well, uh, some news with Will Ospreay and Ring of Honor and some other kind of rumblings going on in Ring of Honor. The big guy, your guy, Ryback, is looking for a big payday. I think we want to talk about that a little bit. And then uh, I did want to mention that WWE Live, they uh, released their More Than Mania lineup right now. And that's, I was going to say, if I got $500 right now, I'd probably just pre-buy all those pay-per-views and or tickets to go to all those. Because that looks like a stacked WrestleMania weekend lineup going on um, in the WWE Live universe but uh, let's start it with uh, new japan and the g1 climax finals joe we are we're on the home stretch here are you happy are you glad that it's finally almost over yes it's a grind rich it really is is this year more grindy than than prior years for you nah it's like this every year okay but it's like here, here you know it, it's we also have that discussion every single year at this exact time too like is we this, is this get- more of a grind than last year like they're all a grind. You get to like night eleven, and you're like, "Ugh, please tell me that they're taking a night off because I cannot." But then, like once you start watching the show, you're like, "Oh, this is good. I'm into this." But it's just getting the willpower mm-hmm. to press play and watch the damn thing. 
that's that's where I that's what I struggle. Yeah, I, I, with. I used I to be with like, motivating myself to watch. Right, I used to be like a right away, like first thing in the morning. Dude, I, I would now I'm waiting until it's like one p.m. and I'm like, all right, I guess I got you know I got to watch this thing. And it's not like, and you put it up on Twitter a little bit earlier that it's not like it's been bad because I've actually enjoyed this G1 a lot. It's been a very nice like everything is the, the floor has just risen a lot with this G1. Like there's no truly like horrendously awful matches yet at the same time you, you're maybe not getting that night in night out greatness that you were the prior years or whatever you're getting a, a few matches here and there like the Osaka show uh, last weekend was absolutely there night one was absolutely there and there's been a few here and there but it's been much more spread out this time but the floor I think is one of the more fascinating things that nothing has been truly like I'm honestly trying to think outside of like uh, uh, a few of the Yano matches that I really really disliked and a few of the early Tom and Tonga matches like nothing has been horrible at all that, yeah, I made that point earlier on Twitter. The thing about this year is I was thinking about it, and I can probably count on one hand and have some fingers left over uh, the amount of matches that I didn't like. And that's what you were talking about with the raised floor. And this is exactly what we expected out of this field. We expected a raised floor and maybe not as many of the super high-end matches, and that's exactly how it's played out. So I think we nailed that one right on the head. But 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 seriously, I watch these shows and they always go five for five with with matches that are at minimum enjoyable, easy to watch, and and and, and good little matches. The thing about it is, there's been plenty of nights where you don't get where they're just five good little matches. You're not getting, you know, a four and a half star match on every show. Right, five which, three and a half and five threes or whatever, and you're like, all right, <laughs> you know, like. Fine, yeah, and you're like, right, I'll take that, you know. But but you're but on the flip side, you're not getting those two star specials. You're not getting Doc Gallows. You know what I mean? It's so no Ujiro, yeah, no Ujiro. No Ujiro, yeah. So just, everything is good. It's a nice, easy watch. And look, there's been some great stuff. I think at this point, I can't find it. You know, I did all this great research before, and I now I can't find it, and I'm not going to go digging around looking for it. Um, but I think I had something like 20 matches at four stars or better so far, with three nights to go which is well behind the pace of the last two years. I think the last two years at this point, I had like almost 30. Uh, but, but not only do I have less matches, four stars or better, but I averaged them up as well. And it's almost, uh, it was almost a full quarter star lower on average because I've got a million matches that are like exactly four stars. And when they're exactly four stars, you can really go three and th- three and three quarter sure. or four. There's really, no, you know what I mean? So it's like, even the stuff that's higher end this year is 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 lower on the uh, on that scale as well. So you know, there's only been three or four matches that I've got at four and a half. I've got nothing higher than four and a half, and I think I've got three or four matches at four and a half, and the rest are you know in that four star range. But they, but but you know, there, there's like no, there hasn't been a skippable show in my opinion. Every show has been watchable, and and nearly every match has been a solid match at minimum. Have you? How much of the undercard have you been watching? Because I completely hand waved it by about night three. I watched the. You mean like pre intermission? Yeah, like the the, the tags non G one. Yeah, night one. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I did, did it about two. So I have no idea what's going on. Like they could be killing it. I don't think anyone's watching them too. Like I don't hear a peep about those as well. I, I have no yeah, clue what's going on. Like I mean, you can't. I mean, people have lives. I mean, you can't. <laughs> you can't watch a three hour show every day. And and watch other and keep up with other wrestling and go to work and you know play with your kids. You can't do it and pay attention to your wife. It can't be done. So something's got to go. So if it's these six man tags, which I'm sure some of them are good, 
Yeah, you just you got to cut the fat, man. But yeah, I'm with you. I haven't heard any buzz about any of the undercard matches or anything, and I'm definitely not going to go back. So and there watch might be good ones, so. but nobody know. I don't think anybody's watching them, so I have no idea. We haven't heard about them yet. Um, before we kind of break down these cards, I-, I wanted to talk a little bit more macro G1 at this point. You know, we're recording this on the 11th, uh, Thursday night. At this point right now, and I don't know if someone's going to blow the doors off these next last two nights and in the finals or whatever, but who has been your MVP of the G1 so far? Because I've, I've heard a you lot know, of different names, which is cool. I like that, that we're at this point. And there's like five people that... that and anybody that's said anything, I've ne- I haven't argued with one of them. Because I think they're all right. You can make a case for like eight guys. Right. It's really cool in that sense. It is. And that speaks to what we spoke to before about how everything's just been really good. Um, you know, it's hard. I mean, Ishii jumps out because he's got... You look at Ishii and he has the... Um, he's got the Okada match... He's got the Marafuji match, which I had at four and a half. Um, he had the Tenzon match on night one. And he's Ishii, and Ishii's great. I mean, the Sonata match on the eighth was really good. Um, uh, so the, Ishii's got a lot of stuff. And, and, and Marafuji, I think, he doesn't have as many great mag- matches as Ishii. But the thing with Marafuji is I've enjoyed every single one of his performances, whether they were in the two or three great matches that he's had, or, you know, the good matches that he's had. Wherever he's been positioned on the card, he's worked to that position on the card. And all of his uh, performances have been different. The match against Fale, where he was just overmatched and his kicks weren't working, and the great facial expressions he had in that match. Uh, the great match against Okada on the opening night. Uh, the great match against Tanahashi that uh, Marafuji had. So those are the two guys that really jump out to me. But you can make a case. And I've liked Block A better. I don't know about you. Um, I've sort of... Block B has become a grind for me as the, as it's moved along, and I'm going to tell you why. Naito, when he works in those main events, his matches are too long, um, and and they start to drag after a while. It's it's I understand he's working his gimmick, I, I understand you know he's over and people enjoy it. I, his main events. They all go over 20 minutes. You know my favorite Naito match was the little uh, 15 minute match he had uh, the other night against Yoshihashi because it wasn't dragged. That was out. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I think that was Naito's best match, you know? And it's not like I didn't like any of his other matches, but they've just felt, all of them have felt a little too long. Yeah, they've all been in that 21-minute, 22-minute range. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see that. I'm looking at the two blocks right now and thinking, just initial, just looking at it right now and thinking of what I'd rather watch. The the thing that I would almost say, because I like the B block, and I, I wonder if this is... Because I've really liked Yoshihashi again. He's a guy that I wanted to bring up as an MVP as well, which is shocking. Again, me saying that Yoshihashi is my MVP for the G1. If you... Two years ago, or hell, a year ago, or three months ago, told me, hey, by the way, Yoshihashi is going to be your MVP of the G1. I would have called you, I, I don't know what I have to pass now, because there's no way. But he's been there. But I'm looking at the rest of the, the B block, and I think one of the issues that maybe I have when, when looking at that initially is, on paper, yes, that should be the block that at this point in the G1, I should be going, oh my god, I've loved everything that these guys have done. Because I like a lot of the guys in that block, but... Like, Shibata's had good performances, but not great. I've been a little disappointed by him. Omega's kind of turned it on a little bit now, but, you know, he's still, I, I think, overall left a little bit to be desired for. Uh, Nakajima, I've enjoyed his things, but he hasn't felt like as big of an impact as Marafuji. Uh, I think you'd probably agree with me on that. And then Nagata is just kind of there. I really like Evil. Hanma's just kind of... So, yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I would go with you that I do enjoy the A block uh, a little bit more at this point. Yeah, I mean, between Ishii, Okada, who's at a hell of a tournament... Uh, Tanahashi, Sonata. Marafuji, Sonata. I mean, I, I, I've preferred the A block. Yeah, and the B block, I think the B block's been a little spottier. Uh, like you said, I think Shibata has had a very disappointing tournament. 
Um, again, I've, I've liked all of his matches, but in prior years, Shibata would always give you two or three match-of-the-year caliber matches, whether it was against AJ Styles or, or Goto or whoever. Just name the guy, Tanahashi, uh, that one, uh, I think that was last year. What's the, what match-of-the-year contender Shibata? He hasn't had one. His best match was probably the Naito match, that main event uh, last week, um, you know, where, where they worked the leg. But it's like Shibata's been maybe the most disappointing person in this tournament. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think if I had no, to pick the most disappointing that. wrestler, I think it would be Shibata. And it's not that he's had horrible performances. I think we just all kind of thought that this would be a little bit more of a coming out party for him. Not that he was going to win the whole he, thing. That he's, he's usually a, better. He's yeah, usually this is when he stands out. Yeah, this is when he stands yeah. out and really does it. And maybe that, that's a byproduct of him now getting more stuff to do throughout the year. And he doesn't feel the need now in G1 to show, oh, hey, look how awesome I am. And now I'm going to go you know, do some other stuff throughout the rest of the year and you know, team with Sakuraba and do all that crap. Maybe that's it, that now we see him on a more regular basis and maybe he he has that same level as well. And then, I don't know, maybe it, people have mentioned the shoulder could be bothering. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I agree with you. You know, I, I have a theory on it. I think a lot of the guys he has great chemistry with just weren't in his block. Um, we know he has great matches against Tanahashi, hasn't faced Tanahashi. We know he has great matches with Goto, hasn't, hasn't been able to face Goto. AJ Styles is gone. Who's he in the block with? A bunch of guys he, doesn't, he hasn't yeah. shown great Abu- chemistry. Abushi's like not there. Yeah. <laughs> Abushi's not walking you know, through that yeah, door. No yeah. Abu- yeah, no Abushi. So he's working with Kenny Omega and Elgin and guys like that, and he you know, doesn't necessarily have the same chemistry with those guys as he did with, uh, you know, with some of the people he's worked with in the past. So uh, to me, he's been uh, the most disappointing guy in the entire tournament. To me, the guy who that surprised me the most, and a big reason why I would probably say that I like the A block a little bit more, is Bad Luck Folly. I think he's been awesome in this tournament. I'm finally, I, like, I, I, I'm fully on board with Yoshihashi and Bad Luck Folly. Finally, I've joined you, so. It's, it's like, I wrote a love letter to Bad Luck Folly. And it's deserved, like, everybody. It's, it's, you, were, you were a little ahead of the game on him, but it's like, this year, everybody's kind of said, and, and to be fair, it's not like everybody was being stupid or had their head in the sand. I legitimately do think he's being, he's working better. Like, every one of his matches, the, the, the inconsistency's gone. He just understands how to be the monster that we all knew he probably could do because he would do it every so often. But now he's like this entire tournament. Like he has not had that big, you know, bad luck folly stinker that we were used to getting. And we, and we haven't had that. He's got it now. He understands what he's supposed to do, how to work, and how to really get himself over as that big monster of the company. Because there's not many of those. And he finally feels unique for the first time. Yeah, and, and he, he really is. I think you nailed it. I mean, it, it, you know, you made all my points. He, he's a guy who's working to his character. He understands his character. And I really do think he's the best booked wrestler in the company. I really do. The way that they protect him, when he faces young lions or prelim guys, he just fucking destroys them. There's no give and take. Uh, remember that one tour um, earlier this spring where he was working the openers with the prelim guys and he was winning squashes in like four minutes. You know, whether it was Juice Robinson or the Young Lions or, or, or Yoshitatsu, whoever it was, you know, and then he faces these upper mid-card guys here in the G1. He won squash matches over guys like Sonata, Togi Makabe, who's protected in the booking, and those are credibility wins when you beat guys at that level in squash matches, and, and, they, and, and, why, and the reason that's important is because then when he has his yearly feud against Tanahashi or his yearly feud against Okada, it means something when those guys are able to get past him. Because this is a guy who people say, wow, all year he's been destroying people, right? So it looks impressive when he has those feuds with Tanahashi and Okada when those guys can overcome him. So yeah, he's really found his way. He's a guy, look, and this is a good example. We talk about it sometimes with people 
in NXT that were that were too quick to bury. Sometimes these guys do improve, you know, and 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 you just got to be patient with these young wrestlers. You know, uh, you know, some guys make it, some guys don't. And this is a good example of a guy who has clearly improved uh, over the last couple of years. And, and he's hitting that, I think, I, I don't have it in front of me. I guess I can click here to see. I was trying to figure out his age because I, I thought he's like, he's, he's reaching that 35. You know how we always, you and I will go on the show all the time and talk about that 35 to 37. is like it, those guys, they kind of get the, you know, oh, 34, okay. So he's 30, so I, you know, he's getting to that range where I think you and I have mentioned that, and I think even Chris Harrington has done research on it, that that's kind of when guys get really good in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, it's, they're super athletic when they're young, they do all that, you know, they have those sort of traits, but they really become smarter workers, better workers in those kind of mid to late 30s. And, and that could be maybe about how he's getting there. Like, again, like, it's, yeah, it's just you, it, you time. Like, <laughs> these guys need, like, we just assume they come out of a factory, they're ready to go, and it's never that way. It's never, ever that way. It's that double sliding scale we talk about, okay? Picture it in your head. Your, your, the mental part of wrestling, the scale starts at the very bottom, right, when you step into wrestling school. But the athletic part is at the very top because you're, you know, you're 20 years old. You're at the peak of your athletic abilities, okay? But the mental slowly that, – that bar slowly rises as the, as the athleticism bar slowly lowers, right? And they tend to meet on an equal level – when you're when you hit your mid thirties, you know for wrestling anyway, you know in other sports it's a little younger than that. But for pro wrestling, it's those mid to late thirties where those two sliding scales meet, where the where your athleticism and your and your and the mental end are on the same level, and and that's why you see guys peak in their mid to late thirties. And you're right, he is approaching that part of his career. For him, a guy like him with his size, and they keep having this guy gain weight. His athleticism slider is going to move down a <laughs> yes. little faster, than, and we've seen that. You know what I mean? So he could be peaking now, but I'd, I, you know, if this guy keeps getting better, that would be great too. As you keep getting smarter, though, you can hide your athletic deficiencies. So, so you know, that's, that's, you're right. That is something we talk about, and, you're, and that's a good point. He is approaching that age. All right. Uh, do you want to go over the matches we have left, or do you want to go scenarios of who can possibly win this thing? I think the scenarios are more interesting. Right? I, I agree. So yeah, because look at, be, here's the other thing too. Um, you know, the 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 the, uh, the first Sumo Hall show is going to go off in a few hours, and a lot of people are going to listen to this after those matches are over. So it might be better to just do the scenarios and I agree. And, and go. And then we'll, there. we'll talk about the uh, the final card though, because we have a few matches from that final card, and it looks like a really fun yeah. card uh, already, even with just those three matches. So uh, we'll go over the scenarios here real quick. So we'll start with the B block because it's a little bit easier to handle here. Uh, Michael Elgin, I incorrectly thought that he was out. Apparently, he is still in. So if he wins, Shibata wins, and Omega wins, then Elgin would advance based on having beaten Shibata and Omega. This one's been uh, a point of contention, though. So people are not totally sure about it, though. That's the only problem. No, but I think it's true, though, because I I, I wanted to make a point on Elgin because uh, when he won the main event on the last B-Block show, in his post-match presser in the back, that little you know little fake presser they do after the matches, he gave that exact scenario. Yeah. So I think I think you're right because he he, he made a point in that promo. And I was impressed by this because he knew whether whether he was told to do the promo that way or whether he's just paying attention. It doesn't really matter. I was impressed that he knew the scenario uh, going into his final night because he said that he hates Kenny Omega. But he knows he has to root for him on the final night, and he says it's the only time in his life he's going to root for Kenny Omega to win a match. 
but he says, Kenny, you better beat Naito because I'm winning my match and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the G1 champion. So he knew the scenario. Yeah, and, well, so that's you cool. Are right. Like that you is want the that. <laughs> I mean, you want that you from your guy. That. Like that's how Absolutely. awesome is that? That you know that this guy going into his match, you know, cares about winning and losing because it, it, and then he's also. You know, regardless of heel face dynamic and feuds or whatever, that these guys are kind of in this conflicted spot where, hey, look, if I want to win, I you know that that's really cool. I love that. <laughs> I mean, how could you not love that in your wrestling? I, you gotta love that because it gives you that added sports feel and everything else. And the thing about it is, you know that there's wrestlers who they punch the clock. They go have their match, they punch the clock, and they have no fucking clue what's going on with booking or where they're direct, and they don't care. They just do what the booker tells them to do, and they go home. And you know what? If they go out there and perform, that's fine. I don't really have a problem with that. But this is a nice added thing here where he actually knew his scenario and what it took to move on. Michael Elgin's into it. This guy loves his life right now. He loves working for this company. And you know what? That shit shows. It shows in his work. Okay, he's a motivated guy. He likes what he's doing right now, and and as a result, you know he's having an excellent couple years here. Uh, Tetsuya Naito, he's very easy. He wins or he draws, and he's in. So he's the very easiest simple. one almost of the entire tournament. Um, and that'll be the last match to go off. Obviously, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, Tim I, I think right. It's him versus Omega, and and now here's the thing: is there a scenario where they can have Naito and Omega alive going into that match? Um. Let's see. Do you have the Do you have the match order in front of you? Well, we just know. Well, we know that Naito and Omega. We know it's last. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let me think here. Well, he's got to win. Obviously, he would have to win. Obviously, that's obvious. So he needs Shibata to lose. Yeah. He needs Evil to beat Shibata, and he needs any. And well, he doesn't even need. Oh yeah, he needs Elgin to lose too. Yeah. Right, so it's very simple. If Elgin and Shibata lose, then it comes down to Naito or Omega. Correct. Yeah, I believe that's that. Exactly yeah, that, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's, that's what here, do, yeah, here's Omega's path. So I, I wrote out here, uh, you know, he faces Naito in the final tournament day. Okay, so a victory ties him with Naito with 12 points. The only problem, Shibata holds the tiebreaker of Omega. So Omega needs to root for evil to defeat Shibata for Omega to move on to the finals if he wins too. Okay, so yeah, yeah, exactly like you said. Right, and evil beating Shibata would knock Elgin out regardless because Elgin needs Shibata to win. Right. Right, correct. So you could forget Elgin. Elgin's out. Uh, yeah, Elgin uh, was convoluted from the beginning. Yeah, he, he needs a lot of stuff to happen. He's, right. he's mathematically <laughs> involved, but they're, gonna, they're, they're probably just going to beat him. And, to make it easy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because then you got coin flips and who had tiebreakers against who. And like, and not even like normal tiebreakers, but like who had the better record. Against, like, they're not going to do all that stuff. They're not going to. So, so. They're going to get rid of Elgin. Okay, and then they're probably just going to have Evil beat Shibata because then they can have it come down to Naito Omega. And if they do do it that way, Rich, you get three matches in a row that mean something. Which, which is, is ideal. what they like to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Shibata, Shibata's path, uh, for people that don't know, uh, he basically just needs to beat Evil and then have Naito lose to Omega because he holds a tiebreaker over Naito. So that's Shibata's path is, is, is relatively easy. If Omega wins and he beats Evil, but I think they're just going to knock Evil out and then make that Night to Omega it like that. Okay, this I'll match you, you're in the you finals, what. you win. Yeah, Evil's beating Shibata. Yeah, absolutely. They even teased that at the presser. So if that's the case, Elgin well, doesn't you, necessarily. We, we all called that when they announced the cards. Remember, <laughs> we were looking at it and going, "Oh yeah, yeah I thought like exactly." And, and then he ended up and and, he, and and they called each other out the presser, which made it even more obvious. So with that in mind. You could still protect Elgin, who's the IC champ. He can still win his match because he needs Shibata to win to keep him alive. So Elgin doesn't necessarily have to lose. I think Elgin will win. I don't, who's his opponent? I don't even know. Uh, Elgin is Nakajima. He's, okay, 
Elgin's going to beat Nakajima because then when Shibata loses to Evil, that knocks both of them out. And then it comes down to Omega and Naito. Right, right. And, and that way you don't have to have Elgin lose to Nakajima. You know what I mean? Uh, so you can, you can have your IC champ go out with his hand raised and finish the tournament strong, and you can still eliminate him in the very next match. Exactly. I think yeah. that's how it's going to play. Yeah, that sounds like the, the, the evil or the best, uh, the best way. So and then, then it comes to too, of course, yeah. Right, and then, and, then, and then it sets up Evil Shibata for one of the 9,000 destruction shows that they're doing in September. So um, that then, which will be a big match because I think it'll headline one of those three shows, and that'll be another big test for Shibata, but we won't jump. Let's just focus on the G1 for now. We can get to that. Absolutely, and then now, but, okay, um, so we got Omega Naito. I think we can both safely say that that's probably going to be the scenario. They're going to want that match to be, you know, who wins, goes right. in, or whatever. That's how they like to do it. Who, you know, is it Naito or do they throw the curveball on Omega? I think since the A block goes first, the winner of the A block will tip off who's winning this. If Tanahashi wins the A block, I think Omega wins because we never got the Omega Tanahashi rematch. I'm vindicated. I picked Kenny Omega and everybody laughed at me, but I picked him, damn it. Good job. So I can win those DVDs of my own contest. I don't think I'm even, I don't think I'm close to winning, but that's all right. If Okada wins the block, then Okada Naito will be the match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, the wild card here, and this is a nice transition into A-block talk, is Goto. This fucker might win the block. <laughs> he really can. Yeah, it's, it's not hard for him either. Uh, let's jump right to him. Uh, you know, he's just got to beat Marafuji uh, in his final match, and that gets him in the dance. After that, he'll need uh, Okada and Tanahashi to draw a very likely scenario, correct? Absolutely. So all he does, beat Marafuji, those two tie. He's right. in. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And that, that eliminates, because there's five guys technically alive, okay? But that would knock out Marafuji. It would knock out... Bad Luck Fale is technically still alive. If you thought Elgin's path was convoluted, we, we don't even need to go over Bad Luck Fale. <laughs> Fale needs so much to happen. You know what Bad Luck Fale is, Rich? I'm going to tell you what he is. He is that 6-9 NFL team going into Week 17. <laughs> the Chargers, yeah. <laughs> where they can get in at 7-9 as a wild card... But, like, six teams have to lose, two other teams need to tie, and they need to win, like, a point differential against, like, an eighth team. Forget bad luck Fale. He's done, okay? He's technically mathematically alive. If you have him in your G1 pick him, you're not dead yet, but you're going to be dead basically after the first. He, it, his scenario is ridiculous. Yeah, he holds a bunch okay? of tiebreakers, which helps him, but, yeah, he needs a bunch of things to happen perfectly for him. To- Too many wacky things. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen. So you could forget him. Which makes it very simple. Once we just eliminate Folly from the picture, it's like you said. Goto beats Marafuji, would knock out Marafuji, and then and then at that point all he needs is the draw. And the draw is just as likely of a scenario as either guy winning is in that match. There are three 33.3% outcomes, in my opinion, in that main event later on tonight. Uh, Marafuji, just so we can mention him, he is mathematically in. I don't think it's going to happen, but it might. It's not going to. But anyway, he all, all he does is he has to beat Goto. Uh, something he could do. I doubt he's going to do it, but he could do it. Uh, he does not hold a tiebreaker for Fale, so he needs Tamatonga to beat Fale, and then he needs Okada to defeat Tanahashi, and then he, Marufuji, will be in the finals. Don't think they're going to do that, but right. I think I would I, not bet on that. That Not a good bet. No, I think that um, they might want to keep both of those guys, they might want to keep Goto and Marufuji both alive for their match, though. So, Whatever wacky scenario there keeps Marafuji alive, which is I think is Tamatanga beating Fale, that might happen just to keep Marafuji with a pulse 
going into the Goto match. They don't like to have the guys eliminated when they go into the, You know what I mean? If, if it's at all possible. But Marafuji's not winning the block. Marafuji beating Okada, that, that, that's, that's all they need to do because that's probably going to be one of the main events mm-hmm. on, at, at, for one of the three September pay-per-views. So they've already established that so he can lose to Goto. And by Goto beating Marafuji, it keeps a little extra drama alive for the third outcome which is the draw between Okada and Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. Why else would you do a draw between Okada and Tanahashi, which would, if Goto loses, then a draw sends one of those guys through. You don't want to do that. That's very anticlimactic. If you're going to have the draw in play, you have to have Goto alive. Otherwise, there's no point in having the draw in play. Uh, and there's no drama with the draw. You know, it, it, then, then you run into a situation where one of the guys is, is a draw moves him on and he's, fighting for a draw, and that goes against wrestling, psychology, and everything else. You can forget that, okay? So Goto's going to be alive going into that main event, and here's what I hope they do, Rich. I hope when Tanahashi and Okada are in there, they have Goto <laughs> positioned somewhere, and they cut the camera to him. You know, he's wearing his T-shirt. He's in his street clothes. Oh, I was going to say the hood up. He he's can maybe, have his hood on. Maybe the hood. You're right. The hood's up. Maybe he, he's, like, rubbing his chin because he's nervous and he's <laughs> studying and he's he's hoping it's a draw. And, you know, they're inside. There's 28 minutes down and you see Goto. Maybe he's pacing back and forth because he needs that. That would be that would be very dramatic. That would be great stuff. So hopefully they do that. Um, but, yeah, this is just and, – and I, I can't even begin to tell you what they're going to do here. Um, I'm glad this block is going first. Because I, I, I like that it, that this block is going to be more unpredictable uh, than the B block, which I think become now. Here's the thing: if they do send Goto through, then the B block, then all bets are off. Oh, it's then wide open. Anybody can face him. Too. Yeah, anybody can face Goto then. Right. Like any of those so, guys we mentioned can, can, can do that, and it'd be fine. Like. So what? What? what what's your gut telling you? Do you see Goto going through, or do you, do you not? I don't. Uh, I mean, the scenario you laid out is probably the best way that you can do it because we always say that they don't want that visual of like these guys draw and then oh this guy kind of walks out and goes yeah I won because these guys couldn't beat it. But like with Goto, that works though. You know, like if anybody would like be okay with that, it'd be this guy, right? Well, it'd be okay for Goto to advance on the draw because at least he won his match earlier. Right, and it's just it's Goto, though. Like, you know what I mean? He's kind of just a goober. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, he'd be fine with that. He's like, all right, whatever. Like, you know. You don't want a scenario where you have a draw and then, like, what would they do? Like, then are Okada and Tanahashi – well, is one ahead of the other right now? No, they're uh, they're both at 10. So, yeah, I don't even know how they could possibly do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to have a playoff or something. I don't even know what the hell you do then. They're going to have another match. What are they going to do? Right. Have another match? Add five, five minutes? Five more minutes. Then- yeah, have Kenta Kobashi come out there and give him five more minutes. So, so at that point, it, it, that's what they're going to do. I mean, go to it, it, it strips a little of the – well, actually, you know, it doesn't really strip the drama from the undercard because even if Goto – there's still the possibility Okada and Tanahashi beat each other. So, you know, it, it still mean, makes the undercard mean something. But uh, – so I don't, I don't know. I, I'm rooting for Goto to go through. I really am. I would like to see the draw scenario play out. I think it would be dramatic. I think it would be exciting. I think it, uh, it'd be good for the Tanahashi Okada story. I wouldn't mind seeing a draw, and I would like to see Goto go through. I would actually like to see Goto win the whole tournament and then lose the briefcase mm-hmm. to somebody. This, because this, I think yeah. that plays into Goto's character and his story perfectly as the guy who, perennial, who just fucks it up every time he, it's within <laughs> his reach. I, I, I remarked earlier. I love that on his uh, his intro video that they play. 
it should it, you know, it's like most guys intro videos are like them you know doing a bunch of stuff them coming out like a lot of cool videos godos is him eating a rainmaker eating destino and then shaking okada's hand and i was like that's just the perfect goto like that's how you enter the ring is like getting your ass kicked and then shaking a guy's hand getting your ass kicked and, and then, then shaking one of the guy's hands yeah being like all right pulling a kevin durant yeah, yeah all right i suck here beat him join him <laughs> sorry okay you're right you're better than me here and that's a video and that's it and then it's like him in the in the in the fountain or whatever or like the waterfall and I'm like this is just the best I love Goto but uh, yeah I, you know the more I think about it you know you you can play out both you know all these different scenarios of okay who who is it going to be is it going to be Tanahashi Okada or whatever I when you look at the match let's let's ignore who would win in the draw and all that sort of stuff what's best for the Tanahashi Okada story what's best for this ongoing continual which by the way I know spoiler people it's going to continue going because these guys are going to just like continue being like two of the top guys so like I, I don't know why you think that they're just never going to face each other ever again like it's it's going to happen so sorry but you know well look hey, well listen Rich book, booking pro wrestling is all about satisfying western fans right who, I mean who in many cases watch this shit on woo and don't pay a dollar for the product anyway that's what you want to satisfy with your booking I mean sorry it's not, but your, it's like, not your paying customers who fill buildings hey, you don't worry about that you have to worry about western fans on twitter who are who, who <laughs> happen to be sick of a match you know that's what you need to worry about I mean sorry these guys are going to face each other a lot <laughs> like probably a, a, quite a few more times before their career and, uh, sorry. Like, to be to be fair though, I really don't think we'd be getting this match if they didn't have the guys leave at the beginning. No, not at all. And and that 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 plays into it too. And people have you know you can say that that's maybe an issue with New Japan. They haven't built up new stars. But uh, again, we talked about this. That is a terrible scenario. You lose three stars in a blink of an eye. Three of your top five guys go by and just they're gone. Poof. They're gone. You can't do anything with them. You barely have time to build anybody up. I think they did a remarkable job at least using Omega's lever, or, you know, leveraging AJ Styles to Omega or whatever. But, like, in a blink of an eye, those guys are gone. And it's over and it's done. And, like, yeah, there hasn't been – yeah, ideally you would have another guy ready to be in that spot or, or whatever. But these are still your top two stars for right now. And it's, you know, okay, listen, sorry. Like, listen, I don't know. Dave, Dave. They've built up Omega and Elgin, and they're starting to build Shibata. Right, it takes time. It, like it was, it was eight months ago. You know, it it, it it expedited those moves, and they have started to build those guys up. But if your job is to draw fans and to sell tickets, okay, if you if you have the Booker's job in this scenario, and you need to sell out Sumo Hall three nights in a row, and you were put in this position, what match in that company? is guaranteed to sell that building out on one of those three nights. It's Tanahashi Okada. You have to book that match. And if you tell me you don't have to, you have to give me the match that, you, that you're going to do then to fill that building. Okay? You know, that's fine. If you tell me, no, you don't want to do that match. is overdone. What is the difference if it's going to fill the building? It's overdone to you then. It's not overdone to the 9,500 people that are going to buy a ticket to it. Okay? Again, they're not booking for you. They're booking to draw fans here. Not booking for the guy sitting on his couch watching on Woo, okay? <laughs> That's not who they're booking for. You know, the, 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 the job, the job of the book. What is the number one job of the booker, Rich? Sell some tickets, make some monies. Have they held up amazingly well this year without those three guys? I think they have. What was, what was the thought process when those three guys left from a lot of people, and you don't hear a peep of it anymore? What was the thought process? Oh, just process? like, told, just, yeah, that it'd be done. Like, the crowds would be sparse. That, yeah, that, that, you know, you lose three. And you don't hear top. a peep from those no, people I mean, anymore. Yeah. They sold out for, you know, okay. for the last five shows, I believe, of the G1, so. The, the G1, at worst, <clears throat> has held serve against last year, and you can make an argument they've drawn better. 
We'll see after these three shows. But at worst, they've held serve. Chris Charlton did that research. Yeah, Sumo would be at a big worst, deal. Yeah, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. At but at point. worst, to this point, they've held serve. Right. Okay? Uh, they, they, Naito and Okada's feud drew exceptionally well. Okay? They sold out the Invasion Attack show. And then in Osaka Joe Hall, they came back with the same match. Okay? With no Tanahashi underneath. With no Nakamura, no AJ Styles, and no Kota Ibushi, and they sold almost ten thousand tickets to that show. And you're gonna, and these goofballs are gonna tell me that Guido is a bad booker. How's business been this year? Come at me with it. Come on, let's debate it. How's business been this year? You know the Gato stuff. I don't even bother with people anymore because you expose yourself as a dope when you say this guy's a bad booker. How has business been this year when you all said it was going to fall apart? I mean, give me a break. It's, it, business has held up tremendously, especially in this tournament. You know, it, 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 you know, just look at the numbers. So, yeah, you, I have no problem with doing Tanahashi Okada again in this spot. Now, there's three ways they can go with this match and with all three outcomes. You can do the draw and send Goto through. You could have Okada win. And firmly establish And also, by the way, I love how everyone's getting worked by this ace thing. Everyone, all, yeah, can we, can we, can we do a little bit of thing worked. of that? Because you and I had a private conversation where I was like, I don't get why there's no connection going on here. Yes, please, please, please do this. I mean, come on. You're all getting worked. It's a storyline. Okay? I think what happens here and the problem is when it comes to these Japanese promos, like when, when people like Chris Charlton and I – Forgive me for forgetting some of the other people that do all that great work with the um, with the translations, because there's other guys that do it too. I just I'm, I can't think of them right now. When these people do the translations and you read these Japanese promos, I think for some reason we assume that a lot of people assume that these guys are shooting. They're pro wrestlers. They're working. <laughs> they're working just like the guys on Monday night. Okay, this whole ace thing with Tanahashi and Okada being annoyed with Kadani and Naito being annoyed with Kadani about Okada. These things are all storylines, people. They're not shooting. They're pro wrestlers. Okay, this whole Tanahashi coming back and getting the ace push and annoying Okada. That's a storyline to build up this match in Sumo Hall to sell tickets. Okay, it's a storyline. Right, the merchandise might have Ace, uh, Ace on it because, oh, I, it, maybe they're just trying to kind of keep that story up. They're not saying, Okada, we no longer believe in you. So we are putting Ace on a Hiroshi Tanahashi t-shirt. Just so you know what motiv- we think of you, you piece of crap. Yeah, it, like. It's a motivation point and a plot point for Okada's character. How do people not see this? And he said as Why much. People- I mean, he had a promo where he said, wait, I thought oh, I was Richard, the Ace. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah, 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 he's shooting though. You know, for some reason, people think these Japanese promos. Yeah, you got a promo. Wait, I thought I was the ace. Why is Tanahashi getting all these main events? So now, if he beats him, he can go. See, I'm the ace. <laughs> like, stop. Like, you know, I'm the ace, Tanahashi. So that actually works. If you want to have that story where Okada just beats him, maybe even convincingly, maybe it's something that's kind of a fun little story. How silly is that going to look? All this conversation about it because he's going to go out there and say, "Yeah, I told you I was the real ace." All right, the end. Like, while, you know, like while Tanahashi. She is helped to the back right. by the young boys, just like Okada was two years ago. Right. Like, that's a he's going to talk shit to Tanaji. It's a great scenario. story. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, they worked all of you marks with that story because <laughs> you all buying into it like it's a shoot. I mean, for God's sake, it's pro wrestling. You know, hey, let's keep knocking the booker that worked every one of you. 
You all got worked by this guy, but he's the worst booker ever. Yeah, get, get, get lost with that stuff. And then the other thing you can do is if you plan on doing Tanahashi Okada again at King of Pro Wrestling, which people aren't going to like, but they might – and I don't even necessarily like it. But they very well might do that match at King of Pro Wrestling because, again, they got to sell out a very big building. Then you would have Tanahashi win the match. So there's your three scenarios. Tanahashi wins to set up King of Pro Wrestling. Okada wins to establish – to because he's tired of hearing this ace bullshit or the draw, which sends Goto through. And I think I've talked myself into the draw. So you're, you're going draw? Yeah, I, the more and more I think about it – and that's, this is the awesome thing is that like I honestly cannot – say with a ton of conviction what I think that result is going to be. Like, I, I can sell myself on all three scenarios. So I think when you said the odds, you know, are 33.3, you know, like, it, it is that because I really just don't see anyone being, like, it's very possible Tanahashi just beats him. And then, you know, that sets up some story or whatever. I think the more the two most likely scenarios are Okada wins. Uh, I don't know what he does in the finals. I don't know if he goes on and wins the finals like he said he wanted to do as a champion, as when did you want. I have no idea about that, but th- that's, I think, uh, a fairly likely one. Or the draw. I'm leaning towards Okada winning and that being the, the, the story. And then, yeah, I have no idea if he wins the finals. That's a whole different thing. I think that's fine, too, because that adds a little bit more of a wrinkle uh, to this little in-between period as well. Because if he just wins it, then you need another way to get a title shot and not just have it be the yeah. briefcase. But I think they like the briefcase thing. And that's why when you sold that as the Goto being the first one to you know win the briefcase and then lose it, I like that as, as well because we've, we've kind of reached that point with this briefcase and, and, and this money you know title shot similar to the Money in the Bank where it came to a point where the Money in the Bank, something had to change it. It couldn't just be every single time that guy won the Money in the Bank, he had to cash in and win. You know what I mean? He had to cash in like a surprise and win the title, and that was, you know, that got a little old. You needed to sort of change it up a little bit. They had, you know, Daniel Bryan say, oh, this is when I'm going to cash in. You know, he, he ended up doing it a surprise. I think John Cena said, hey, I'm going to cash in at this point and cashed in, you know, in, in that sense where it wasn't like a surprise or whatever. And then he had a guy like a Damian Sandow who just flat out lost it, <laughs> you know, cashed in and lost, which is you need a little bit of a shakeup in that too. I don't know if this is the year where you definitely need to have a shakeup with that. But I think it's good to kind of not make it, hey, that guy, you know, won the G1, gets his title shot, and then we're all kind of in a big holding period that, you know, the only intrigue is, is that, is the champion going to hold? Not is the title shot going to hold? I like the idea of, of changing that up a little bit. And if it is, Goto is your best guy, too, to have him lose that because he can pretty much take any of those losses because he's a rookie Goto. And, like, nobody, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need him as like a top draw guy, like that's fine. Like if you want to have him lose it, I don't know how much he suffers. I, I don't know. Those are the two scenarios I like the best. I like Okada winning the whole thing and then just changing it up of how, who gets the title shot and whatever. Or I like the idea that Goto gets the briefcase, wins the briefcase, and then has to figure out, you know, navigate through all that. And then maybe he loses it or whatever. Or, you know, we could be working ourselves into shooting somebody in the B block wins the entire briefcase. But I don't know. I, I, I like those two scenarios more so than Tanahashi winning. But I, I just don't know that I can decide which one I like better in terms of the draw or Okada winning. I, I, I really just honestly do not know if I can, if I can pick which one. I wasn't doing WWE math. I really think it's a 33% chance for all those outcomes. They're all equally likely, in my opinion. I really can't figure out where they're going here. And I certainly can't figure out who they have winning the whole thing, which, again, Rich, everyone tells me New Japan does this predictable booking all the time. This is the most impossible thing to predict. I mean, I can't predict any of this, you know? But again, you know, it's run by the worst booker on earth who does everything super predictable. No one knows who's winning this fucking thing. I mean, you know, can, can we, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't want to get in the whole Gato thing. I just, I, I've really stopped with that because it's like, it's just, you really expose yourself as not knowing what you're talking about if you think this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But, uh, but yeah, th- this is very unpredictable. And then as far as who's going to win the whole thing, I have no fucking idea. 
this can go in in a, in a multitude of ways. And, and I'm uh, I'm pumped up, Rich. It should be good stuff. It should be very exciting. And the last twenty minutes of this podcast were a giant waste of time for everybody who listens on Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that's. Uh, but hey, you, you did that, and we we let you know that you're going to be talking about this. Um, and I and I just saw TNA close out an impact where Bobby Lashley has every one of their titles, uh, and Damian Sandow is on the ramp staring him down as a as a, as a potential contender. I really hate when TNA brings in a WWE jobber and just pushes him as like this enormous big get doesn't that bother does it bother it's you a, well no i think what bothers me more is that they they always cut the exact same promo like the they don't come in like hey you know i'm i'm blah 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 or whatever and you know they're always like i'm here and i'm gonna change the landscape of this business or whatever and it's like no you're not like you're damien sandow man like just debut and like do your thing and you know, like like that that it always infuriates me because they always have this promo that like oh the games change like it's always the Kevin Nash invading WCW promo for every one of those guys and it's like no dude you're not that level like yeah it just it comes off so low rent and I understand there's a difference between because I always criticize that you know these companies always you know TNA and, and WWE's been doing it a lot too lately of like oh our product's so terrible so we're gonna shake it up and do something different you know like we have like authority figures being like yeah you've all said that this sucks and we agree so like we're gonna change like I think that's stupid I think you should always say that hey what we're doing is really good and but like I also don't think that you should be so deranged and so like so off the mark that like Damian Sandow is gonna really change you know he's gonna really move the needle in a way that's gonna TNA is just gonna explode from it like that you know don't do that. You could do it when Jeff Hardy came in. You could do it when Kurt Angle came in. Everybody believed it because that was like one that was like, all right, yeah, that's actually. But they're doing that same thing with every single new guy that comes in. Like, oh my god, he's changing the whole thing. And like, even with Moose, like I like Moose, but no, I mean, you're not. Like, you're you're just just be just debuting the company, and that's it. Like, you don't have to always make references to what you did before and who you are and what you're gonna do. You know what I mean? Like, just debut I, and like listen, let people connect with us themselves. Mind. I don't mind making a big deal of, of bringing in a new guy. I think that um, like the way that the announcers reacted to Sandow coming in, and, and it's just like, I did not see it for for what it's worth. By the people, way, people, so. people, people remember that this guy was a jobber. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's a, it's a delicate balance. I get that. I've always been a fan of if you're going to bring in the guy, if you're going to bring anyone from WWE, you bring them in. You bring them in as a serious threat. That's fine. They beat some mid-card or lower-card guys on TV, and then your top stars immediately beat them on, on your pay-per-view. This is what TNA should have done all of these years. Kurt Angle should have came in and lost to Samoa Joe in his first fucking match. Would Kurt Angle have lost a, 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 a single bit of credibility if he lost to Samoa? It's Kurt Angle. I mean, give me a break. But it establishes that our guys are better. Every time a guy comes in from WWE, they tell their audience that those guys are better. You're telling your audience that Damian Sandow is a huge deal and an immediate contender for your champion who holds all three of your titles. Damian Sandow. I mean, look, I know the guy has like a cult following and people thought he was underused and all that. And that's fine and I get it, but he's still just Damian Sandow. And I'll tell you one thing he did in that promo that annoyed me. The fans started chanting, you're a genius. And... He it, it threw him off his game a little, and and he made it, and, and he and he stopped it. What he had planned, and he made an off the cuff, cuff remark. He said, "Actually, I've never been tested. I don't know if I'm a genius." Why would you do that? Let them go with it. The fans are having fun. They're making. They're playing off a, a very. The reason that you're, you have this cult following is because of that gimmick. 
incorporate it into your persona now. Why not? What's wrong with being smart? Make that part of your gimmick now. Make that part He's of. He's probably Aaron so worried about like a lawsuit or whatever that McDivitt's going to say. No, no, no. The genius part no, is no, our he character. Thought he, like he thought he was being cute. He oh, I see. Okay, cute. there was a smirk to it. Yeah, he thought he was being cute. They're chanting, you're a genius. And he's like, actually, I'm not sure if I'm a genius because I've never been tested. You just blew. The, the fans were, were, were buying into you and they're having a good time and they're playing off your former persona. And then you just pissed on all the fans and you blew any chance you had of making that part of your persona now. Why can't being really smart be part of okay. Aaron Rex's persona? Why can't that be part of it? Why can't you play off of what your persona was? When Christian came, did he change who he was? And did he get in the ring and say, uh, I'm not Captain Charisma. I was playing a role. Of course he didn't. All he did was slap Cage on the end of his name, and he was the same guy. You know what I mean? And that worked. He's one of the guys who came to TNA, and it did work. Kurt yeah. Angle, what did he change? Nothing. <laughs> when it, well, you know, it's like he, he, he actually said to the crowd, oh, I was playing a role. He said that tonight, Rich. Oh, God. He, really? said, uh, he said, I've never been tested. I was playing a role. Oh, God. Are you – I mean, oh, is this like, was it like a weird doing? work shoot thing going on? Like I'm finally yeah. free of those chains, and now I could be myself. Was that – I, I didn't see it. Full disclosure, I did that. not see it. Here's so. it. He, he said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to come out here and talk about my former employer. Then he spent 10 minutes talking about his <laughs> But now, employer. just indulge me while I continue to talk about my former employer. Yeah. <laughs> and, then he said, and then he says, well, actually, I don't know if I'm smart because I don't know if I'm a genius because I've never been IQ tested. I was just playing a role. Those are his oh, exact words. Yeah. How bad is that? Go with it. So, yeah, I am a genius. I am the smartest guy here. You know, why would you not play off of that? I don't know. I, and it's fucking, it's like you said, he's Damien Sandow. In three weeks, in two weeks, <laughs> yeah, next I think week, I can slip that down, yeah. <laughs> da- Damien Sandow is going to be the next bearded guy that you can't tell apart in that company. Whether it's James Storm or fucking, uh, uh, Ram. who's the, who's Ram's the, what, who you're thinking who's of. the woman beater? Oh, Bram, Bram, yeah. Or fucking, <laughs> Or half the guy that like Gunner. Okay, he's the next in line. I don't of think these, Gunner's still around anymore. I, no, he's not there anymore. But they have a million guys like that. Like, uh, it's like he's the next in line to be the uh, another bearded guy where you have to stare at your TV and go, which bearded guy is To be fair, I think, I think they they reached their peak. Like that was about a year ago, I think, where there was like six guys on the roster. That yeah, it was Bobby Roode, Gunner, fucking who was the military guy? The guy oh, the Chris Melendez guy. or whatever. No, no, no. The oh, other, the guy. other, like, other maybe, military. Maybe guy. that was Gunner. I can't. I, I'm, I'm mixing this up. Well, Gary Kidney's going to hate us when he listens. Yeah, to he's this. really going to be upset. But um, hey. there was another bearded guy. Why can't I think of who it was? It was Bram <sighs> Gunner. Like 2015. Uh, TNA Bobby. Uh, Does that exist? <laughs> Bobby Rude. Bobby Rude. James Storm. Eric Young. All like these bearded mid carters. That, uh, that they. It's like that's what Sandow's Sand- next in line. I mean, come on, he's Damian Sandow. You know, I don't know. I wasn't impressed with that promo at all. I, the fans were excited for him, and then he he pissed it all away. Um, and and I, you know, I don't know who's going to be fired up for Damian Sandow versus uh, Bobby Lashley match. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still like you know, and that's that. It, it it's always been the problem with all these new sort of. And to be to be fair, nobody's nobody that's really great wants to leave WWE and go to TNA or nobody that's really great. You know, I, I get why it's not that, but that's why these are all kind of diminishing returns, and they all treat them the same. Like Christian going there was like that was a guy who was in arguably his peak and it was like okay like there we go that's a guy who legitimately chose this company when he had options when you know like that that's cool 
Let's go. Kurt Angle is the same way. I mean, of course, there were issues that kind of came in the way, and that's why he couldn't go to WWE or whatever. But still, he chose TNA, and that's kind of cool. Like, you know, Jeff Hardy, a very similar thing. Yes, you know, they were drug issues. There, there, was, there was things that were taking away from WWE, but still, that was still a cool little thing. Whereas, like, you know, and, like, the fans know that it's, like, it's Damian Sandow. And it's, like, yes, like you said, there's that idea that, okay, he's got this cult following, and people enjoy him, and they think that, but he's not really, like, I think we can all admit that he's just, like, okay, right? He was never going to be a top guy. Like, yeah, could they have like, used it, him it a wasn't better? Like, yeah. They could, have, they could have used him a little better, sure. But he's not. Come on. He's not a top guy. Um, I'm not trying to rain on TNA's parade here. No, not at all. I would I have, mean, signed, him, I would have signed him, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I would have signed him, too. Where I have a problem is immediately pushing these mid-card and lower-card WWE guys to the top. My favorite example of all time is when Fatu came in for one taping. Oh, God. Uh, Rikishi. Rikishi came in for one taping. Beats beat a bunch of guys and then never came back. Like it's just they they bow to these ex WWE guys in, in situations where they absolutely shouldn't, you know. And 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 I don't know. I, to me, I'd bring them in and and Sandow would immediately lose to to someone that I was trying to push, and and, and that doesn't ruin a guy or bury him. You know, he can then play. You know, say wow, wow, the competition is tougher here than I thought. Do something like that, and then then give him some wins. But he would immediately lose if I was running things to one of my – whether it's EC3, pick your guy. He would come in there. He'd pick a fight with someone I'm pushing, and he'd lose that fight. That's immediately what I would do with every one of these WWE guys. Well, and I think one thing that's, that, that's interesting about that is because I, I know that people are going to say, well, no, you don't want – you know, you, you don't bring a guy in and then absolutely kill him and, and make him nothing or whatever. But the problem is, like, what cachet does Damian Sandow slash Aaron Stevens slash – he doesn't come with any cachet. You know what I mean? Like, he's essentially – you have, like, a talented guy. Like, but – it's not to say you can yeah. lose without being killed dead. Right, exactly. There's ways to do things. Right, right, right. But like, I, I get where like if you brought in a top guy, like say that we flash back to whenever, and, and you bring in Christian, and you just have him lose like ten times in a row. Yeah, that's stupid. Or like if you bring in multiple guys and have them lose, like you know, an invading faction or whatever, and all they do is lose. Like, yeah, you don't want to do that. But it's not. We're talking about like Damian Sandow. Like you, you're going to rebuild him anyway. Like he's going to be a whole different thing. It's not going to be. You're not building off the cachet all that much of what he did in WWE, right? Like, I mean, you can. But then you look stupid and you look like this, where you're like, oh, it's Damien Sandow, awesome. Like, It's clear that the dynamic is, pe- is that people see you as inferior. Your own fans see you as inferior if they go apeshit over these WWE prelim guys. So to me, to, to start, I would, try, I would fight very hard to wash that away, and I would, I would beat some of these guys. It's different in WWE. Everyone knows you're the top dog. It's okay if someone comes in and, and, and beats your guys if you're WWE because that's not a threat to your positioning. TNA, it just continues to make them look inferior when these guys come in and they're just treated like these huge deals, bigger deals than they ever were in the other company. I don't know. We were so I'm, I'm reading a this, yeah. So I'm, I'm reading a transcript right now. I want to read these, the last two paragraphs of what he said. Uh, when I first came here, there was a graphic that said he is doing it his way. This is my way. Even playing field, take and seize opportunity, exercise and realize my full potential. But mark my words, my way is simply my way is simply proving it here. And my way is not only going to change the landscape, but it is going to change the very template of our industry. And for those of you that know me personally, you know I'm telling the truth. I've been called many names over the years. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. My name is Aaron, and as of right now, as of this second, Aaron Rex's new home is Impact Wrestling. Yeah, that one, none of that was that bad. But Except for, well, my, changing the very template of our industry might be a little a, much. A little bit of hyperbole. <laughs> like yeah. that, I mean, maybe yeah. reel that in a little bit. Yeah, you're, you're fucking, you know, you're Damien Sandow. You were teaming with, with uh, you know, 
with 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 Axel on uh, Superstars uh, six months ago. So take it easy. But uh, I yeah, it, look, I again, I, I good for TNA that they signed these guys. I just I I feel a little weird when the announcers are going nuts for yeah. you know like Damien is some kind of huge star. All right. Well, thank God. Uh, Joe Gagne doesn't timestamp these anymore because I wanted to at least go to the finals. So that you want to talk about that card a little bit. Uh, Gagne would be absolutely flipping out right now, but that's all right. He doesn't do it anymore because we told him to please stop because it's nuts. Uh, August 14th, the final show, of course, going on from Sumo Hall. We got three matches so far. Uh, one of them we don't know because it's, you know, the G1 final. We have no idea who was going to win both of the blocks. But we have that, of course. The two other matches I'm, I'm pretty interested in as well. You have the uh, Tag Team Championships, the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Briscoes, yes, I, you probably forgot they're the champions. They are the champions, and they are defending against Hangman Page and Yujiro. Are you looking forward to that? The Briscoes always bring it, though, in Japan. The Briscoes are going to bring it, and I think uh, Page is going to want to bring it. And, and then Yujiro is going to be there. <laughs> yeah, Yujiro will also be in attendance. So, um, Look, it could be bad. It, that match could be bad. Um, I, 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 you know... I don't. I don't know if it could be great. It could definitely be good, but I could definitely see it falling apart too. But I, I think the Briscoes are so good. Yeah, they're, they're going to make it work. They they try so hard when they're in New Japan too. I mean, when do they not work hard? But they really work hard in New Japan. They they you get the sense that they're really into it. And then the match. I believe you are anticipating more than any other match ever in the history of mankind. You're, you're, it's going to change the very template of your wrestling history. ROH World Title: Satoshi Kojima versus Jay Lethal. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Do you think Adam Cole will beat Kojima for the title uh, at the pay-per-view, or or do you think Kojima retains? <laughs> I think Kojima you're retains. I mean, of course. You're yeah. laughing at me. I mean, you, you, you're, you're set on that? Kojima's winning? Oh, he's winning the title. This isn't conjecture. Your you're, 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 you're all aboard? He's your next Ring of Honor world champion. The only question is, uh, you know, can Adam Cole adjust to a new opponent, and how will he do against Kojima when he challenges for the title? And I believe uh, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, all right, I like so, it. So um, uh, you know, it's because he's beaten Jay Lethal. There's no question. The strongest arm. I don't know. If there's supreme. no question. The only it, there's no question. The, 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 the only question for me <laughs> is: Does Kojima win it with the lariat, or does he introduce maybe a submission hold <laughs> right. to defeat Jay Lethal? So really, the only think? question is: Is what will That's his really new move question. be called? What what will the new move That's that right. he beats Jay Lethal be called? You know, and I think that when he wins the ROH world title, which is a given, I think uh, when his boy Tenzon gets in there to celebrate, I think Tenzon should feel the strongest arm too. Because Kojima gave up his G1 spot for this scrub, and he goes out there and scores four points. I'm highly offended by that, and Kojima should be offended by that too. And I think that he should uh, – I, th- I, I think Tenzon's got a lariat waiting for him too. What do you think of that, Rich? I like – you know, you got, you got Kojima just going scorched earth on everybody, right? I, absolutely. Okay, Why not? pissed, yeah. That's right. He should beat that geek Cole too at the pay-per-view, <laughs> I, I think too. I think, I, I think absolutely. I don't think Cole's ready for a guy. Kojima's an all-time great. I mean, come on. You're going, going for that for triple that. crown again too? He's got his eyes set on Miyahara as well. Yeah, I think you know Miyahara is a wise ass. I think he's he's you know he's a little smart ass for his age, and uh, you know I think Kojima could teach him a lesson or two. But one thing at a time. First, he's got to knock off Jay Lethal, which again I think is a given. So the only question really, lariat or does he uh, hit him with some sort of submission hold? What do you think? <laughs> what what is your actual present chance of, of him beating 
Zero uh, percent. Okay, he has no uh, breaking the, the four hundred twenty day reign. Of <laughs> Jay like the problem, they already have the coal match booked, and it's like <laughs> right there. it was like advertising out for it. But I like I like the idea. It's like, well, all right, like. How, how perfect would that be for the New Japan ROH relationship? If, like, they roll up there and Gato just goes, no, Kojima win. And they're like, nah, no, we don't really want... It's like, no, 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 he's got to win. They're like, eh, all right, like, sorry, Jay. Like, you know, how awesome would that be? If you Because you know it would be that, too. Like, it would be the day of where they were just like, let's see if these guys will just do anything that we tell them to do. I got to give Kevin Kelly credit because ROH put out a little video today. And, uh, you know, Kevin Kelly was plugging the English... Uh, yeah, yeah, Rocky Romero will be joining him. Yeah, he's at his desk. That yeah. was pretty. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and he's. Oh, hey, that, I didn't uh... see you come in. It was one of those that you're always. <laughs> right, right. Oh, hi. I'm Kevin Kelly. <laughs> oh, hey there. I'm Kevin Kelly. <laughs> right. Oh, um, that's why the lights well, are set up and why you have a camera. While you're here, I'm going to plug this. Right. But yeah, but while he was doing that, he, uh, I, I, I thought he, it was very interesting. He, 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 he said that. Uh, will is Satoshi Kojima the classic trap game? Because uh, Lethal's looking forward uh, at, at Adam Cole, and is he overlooking Satoshi Kojima? So there you go. Maybe that's the case here, Rich. You think this is a trap game? Another NFL reference, right? You're facing your big division rival uh, who's one game behind you in the standings, and you're playing somebody like the Rams before that game. You know, It's a trap game. As a gambling know? man, it's- and I've always, I've always been annoyed by the term trap game, it, it doesn't exist, does it? We're gonna find out on Sunday in court. <laughs> yeah, again, like I don't think I don't think one-off examples because nobody ever think, mentions the trap game when the good team wins, but always when the bad team wins. It's oh, they were looking ahead. Like that could be the only who, reason why this could ever have happened is because they were looking. They never say, and you know, they never say trap game when it's like a when a team comes in like one in ten. It's always like a five hundred team yeah, so that like, well, could reasonably their team win anyway. Wins and loses it's the like, same <laughs> amount of time, and it's very likely that they might win. Just as it's very likely they might. Yeah, it's always like the five and six like Rams against the seven and you know four whoever like Broncos. Like, oh, this could be a trap game for the Broncos. It's like, no, it could just be a like probability. Like that could just happen. Like it doesn't. Always... You know, we, we've we've uncovered Rich's animosity towards the term trap game. I hate which it. Which really, I'm just trying to put over Kevin Kelly. <laughs> In his very good attempts to attempt to give any credibility to this Kojima match. It was good. I liked it. And he, and he because sold the New Japan World uh, English pay-per-view as well. So, And this is why in Japan, they never announce two title matches at once. It's always, this is the next title match. We'll see what happens here. And then we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the stuff that they, they always avoid in Japan. And it's the stuff that annoys you in America because they just don't care about stuff like that. How many times in WWE have we seen... They have a big pay-per-view title match scheduled, and then like the tag team champions will defend against some lower mid-card team. You know, the week before, it's like it, it's a credibility killer. You know, it, it's it's that thing. It's like I don't know. It, it always bothers me, yeah. and that's kind of what they've done to this match here. All right, uh, so that's your one finals. Uh, the matches we know so far, of course. But when Kojima, you know, if Kojima yeah. does win, you know, I'm taking credit for that. Oh, anyway. you should, as you should. Yeah, it, 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 you know, we just we'll just quietly delete the part where I said he had 0% chance and just, we'll just play the other part next week. And, I feel like, and I feel like deleting portions of our podcast should not be a thing that we do anytime after this week. It absolutely is not. No. <laughs> I think we should just keep whatever we say there forever. So absolutely. That's what we do. All right. Uh, I got a few topics left to go. Where, what do you, uh, where do you want to go? Uh, this open, open season here. Well, what do you got on the docket here? Rich? Well, I think we should let people know first off that again, we mentioned lift at the top. 
of the show, lift.com slash bonus. You select Voices of Wrestling. You sign up to drive for them. You get a $500 bonus. You help us out a little bit. You make some money on the side. Can't beat that. I also wanted to tell you about our other sponsor, Casper Mattress. They're back, Joe. They are back. They are back. Of course, the Casper, as we mentioned many, many weeks ago, uh, obsessively engineered American-made mattress at a great price. Um, they use great you know, latex material, memory foam, all that other good stuff, award-winning sleep surface. The best thing, though, I think of, of all, you know, they got this, you know, free shipping and returns, USA and Canada. The best thing, though, absolutely the 100% best thing about Casper is that you can try it for 100 nights risk-free in your home. They will, you can get the mattress. It'll be at your house. You can sleep on it for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund everything for you. If you say 100 nights, you know, no, it's just not doing it for me. They will foot the bill, pick it up, and it is gone, and you do not have to worry about it. So you get 100 nights to try that out. That is not bad. That's pretty damn good. they'll come get it. And they'll, they'll come, come get, get it. Yeah, you're not paying like $200 for them to ship that out either. They'll come get it and refund Because no one knows how to get rid of a mattress. I might, so, yeah, I just put it out in the corner. Like, I just, I either take a chainsaw to it uh, because I can't get it through a door or, and I wonder how did I get it in this door from the first place, which is always the great mystery. Or, yeah, I just, I, when I do get it out there, I throw it on the front lawn and then hope somebody steals it, which... It, listen, if you live on Halstead Street, Chicago, like Rich and the One Man Gang, you can just throw it out there on the lawn because people are used to that. Have you ever been to Halstead Street, Chicago? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's have a very long seen, street. But Have you ever seen the One Man Gang just walking down uh, the street? See, the problem with like when you just name a street is like I'm pretty sure the street goes for like a very long distance. So there are many like – there are rich and nice areas of Halstead and then there's bad areas of Halstead. I've been to do both. Uh, I've never seen the one-man gang. I have seen um, one of the Road Warriors in a fight, though. Uh, and I have seen Lex Luger as well. I don't know why he was built from Chicago, but he was... Uh, uh, they were they were having a Chicago street fight. Yes, yeah. But Why was Lex Luger ever built man- from Chicago? What was his, like... Because you can't just be from Chicago unless you have some, like, rough-and-tumble thing, right? Or was he from, like, well, listen, the, 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 the glamour part of, like, Rush Street of Chicago? Where, where did they say he was from? And they just... It was a generic Chicago for him, but with One Man Gang, it was specifically Halstead Street. So, and I'm guessing it was the rough part of Halstead Street if I were, you know, I I don't think one man gang is, uh, you know, he's a one man gang, Rich, you know, he's one man and he's a gang. I think he rules all of Halstead Street, to be completely honest with you. And I I think you should go down there and look for the one man gang. I think that'd be a good idea. I'm pretty sure uh, the the, the gay area of Chicago is on Halstead as well. So I don't. Listen. Is it out of the area? If it's so, that's fine. I mean, hey, I don't care. Whether it's the gay side of Halstead Street, the rich side. Or the uh, the little Italy. He was in you know little Italy is on Halstead. Or little Italy. Yeah. The fact of the matter is that one man gang rules Halstead Street, the entire length of it. But I'll tell you, Rich, Casper has a great offer for Voices of Wrestling listeners. Why don't you tell them about it? (laughs) I'm looking at. So I just decided to look up Halstead Street because I just want to see what 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 like Wikipedia defined Halstead Street as. Uh, This is some ad read. They'll be bringing us back. I'll tell you. Associated persons, professional wrestlers, one man gang, and Colt Cabana have been built from Halstead Street, as well as Ace Steel and CM Punk. Somebody added that to the Wikipedia page, so that was good. You know, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't think they ever said that. Did they ever say Ace Steel was from Halstead Street? I don't mind. And they definitely say Colt Cabana's from Maxwell Street. And those are different things, people. I think that that I'm gonna, I'm found a, the Wikipedia right. error. Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna do that and the loose explosion, which got removed again from Yoshihashi's page. That is gonna get changed uh, when we are done right here. But anyway, yes, special offer for our voices of wrestling listeners. You get fifty fifty dollars off. Fifty dollars off your next matches purchase. You visit Casper.com slash VOW. That's Casper.com slash VOW and use our exclusive promo code VOW. That's Casper.com slash VOW. Use the promo code VOW. Fifty bucks off your next matches purchase. And again, 
100 nights risk-free in your own home. You try it. You don't like it. They will pick it up. But we are very confident, and they are very confident. You will enjoy it, and it will be your new mattress. So, again, $50 off your next mattress purchase. Casper.com slash VOW. And make sure, make sure you use the exclusive promo code VOW. So, Casper Mattress. And one-man gang. Okay, dope. <laughs> what do you want to get to now? we got a, a few different things here. I, we got SummerSlam weekend. Uh, Will Ospreay, Ryback, the Ryback, if you want. Uh, more than Mania lineup. Anything anything kind of stick out at you right now that you want to talk about, for sure? You know, the Ryback wants $4,500 for a booking. Let's go to the Ryback here, which, which I'm glad because now he's just going to be bringing uh, almost a stimulus package to the independents because, as you remember, and as you correctly tweeted out, uh, he went on a big diatribe to the WWE. Hey, why, you know, why doesn't everybody get paid the same? You know, I, I work, I bust my ass out there too, and I like this now. I mean, this, the indies, like, I would love to be on the indies right now because everybody, man, is going to get paid a lot, right? If you work on a show with the right back, you're getting $4,500. Not almost. bad at all. That's a lot. That's pretty good. I mean, you know, he, he wants everyone to be paid equally. He wants this, you know, he wants total socialism in how this works. He doesn't, you know, believe in, in entertainment business paying its stars more than its non stars. Right, so Listen, you get 15 guys, you need 67K to break even. That's not too hard, right? Hey, listen, that, that opening match rookie. Sixty-seven. Yeah, what do you? Let's see, sixty-seven. Yeah, what, what do you say? Let's say, what, what, what's your average indie ticket price? Fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's go with fifteen. Oh yeah, four four thousand people can get there for sure, right? Yeah, listen, yeah, everyone can draw four thousand fans. You know, no problem. <laughs> Maybe you're, it's, you're, it's, you know, hey, fifteen people. That's a lot of people on a card. You're not gonna book that. If ten people, right? Are we being too hard on the Ryback? Was he just frustrated when he wrote out that blog post? Um, I'm sure, but and, and, and again, like we're, we're kind of we're joking, of course, uh, about that. I think he's saying in a case of like a multi-million dollar publicly traded company that maybe they can do a little bit better in terms of paying wrestlers, and not necessarily the indies. But you kind of you kind of put yourself out there when you say that. And I but think even if they can do better in paying their wrestlers, the star should still make right. more than and the that was that. That's really what the, the crux of it was. Is that yeah, you can say I felt like I should have made more money or I should have been in a better spot, but the idea that like you know a lower mid card guy should make what the main eventer makes that you know no, sorry, it came off like, patently absurd. That's not how it. But you know the the. the extras don't make what Tom Cruise makes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> what irrelevant. You know. <laughs> What's wrong with Tom Cruise? I, I don't, it's, is Tom Cruise like a... All right, Mr. Hollywood. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't watch any movies. I'm just... I, that's why I'm so asking you're, you. You're, yeah. you're, you're ripping me over here. What's well, wrong with Tom last, like, Cruise? big movie Tom Cruise is in that wasn't, right. like, a remake of um, uh, Mission Impossible? You're acting like I said Paul Newman or something. <laughs> I, Tom Cruise is a contemporary actor. I don't is see he? I don't know if he is, though. I didn't say. I, What's I the last say, big uh, movie? What's the last big non-Mission Impossible movie that Tom Cruise has been in? What you can't put qualifiers on okay, it. Okay, then what it's is like it? saying, well, what was the last big movie besides Fast and the Furious nineteen that The Rock was in? You can't like eliminate movies. The Rock's from in the plenty equation. of stuff. I would use The Rock as it, but you know, as a wrestling show, we can't use The Rock. The Rock's been in plenty of stuff, right? The, Rich, The Rock would confuse my analogy because he's a wrestler too. I can't go to The Rock in that spot. How can I go to The Rock? They might think I'm talking about. Oh, uh, I feel really bad if you go if you go to The Rock slash Dwayne Johnson shoot name by the way uh, is IMDb. Uh, known for, you know, when they list like what movies you're known for? Yeah. You got San Andreas, which probably not one that you want to be known for. Fast and the Furious 6. All right. The other two are WrestleMania X7 and WWE, WWE Raw. How about that? They, <laughs> like, he's got, like, his agent's got to be like, ah, uh, hey guys, can we, like. You know what I bet? You know why I bet? You know why? 
There's probably some algorithm in there where clicks whichever and... of your products has the most, cl- whichever of your projects has the most clicks right. go on that little bar. I Which bet you that's it. a shame. Like who's and these goofy wrestling fans? being WrestleMania X Seven? Like, <laughs> Which know, is really doing? embarrassing. Like... But I, listen, I'm gonna defend this Tom Cruise. Okay, right, you act on. like you're acting like I said Errol Flynn or something. <laughs> I don't even I mean, <laughs> I mean, jeez, you know, he's like, guy, yeah, I, I didn't say Jimmy Stewart. I mean, what, what's wrong with Tom Cruise? He still looks good. He still does a nice job. He probably still gets thirty million dollars. You know, I almost said picture that would have dated me per movie. You know, <laughs> what was Edge of Tomorrow? Because that is the last non-Mission Impossible movie that he was in. No, I think that is a Mission Impossible movie, isn't it? No, Rogue Nation was the last Mission Impossible. I don't know oh, what Rogue Edge Nation. of Tomorrow is. They, they all have gimmick names. I Listen, I don't even like Tom Cruise movies. That's not the point here, Rich. <laughs> the point is he's a contemporary actor. That is the point. What are the, you're tell, has he had a major hit in the last 12 months? Uh, I don't know. What, what, what's Mission Impossible Rogue Nation? How'd that do? Oh, you're on IMDb. It should tell you right there. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's the last hit. It says Mission Impossible. Rogue How much money did it make? Uh, let's see here. And when did it come out? 2015. Uh, it did. Or yeah, it, it came uh, July 31st, 2015. So I right, so it was a summer movie last year. How much money did it make? I bet you it made 200 million dollars. All right, let's see here. Oh God, nope, not easy. Not easy to find. All right, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. All right, go do a. Wikipedia is always good about that. It'll, it'll tell you on the IMDb. No, it didn't. Uh, it grows. It, it grows 195 million in North America. So you were wrong, Joe. Oh my God! That's, I was <laughs> right on the close. money. <laughs> I was right on the money. I believe you said 200 million. This is 195. So this man was in Top Gun. I mean, he's a big star. We're talking about here. <laughs> How many of our listeners? There are listeners who I don't think we were alive when Top Gun came out. That's 1986, Joe. Rain you realize? Man, you realize there's one person listening to the show right now who wasn't alive when Top Gun came out, right? 1980s, like including years me. Ago. You know, how yeah, many me. I wasn't 30? alive, Joe. <laughs> how many? What percentage of our listeners are 30 or older? Um, I don't know. What do you think? It's all Case Low and his classmates. <laughs> you're telling me. You're telling me Top Gun what? isn't a big time movie? No, it is. It is. <laughs> Case. I, like, Case I just love this co- idea of like science class, and they're just like listening to us, like. In case Lowe and his co-eds are listening <laughs> right. to, if you want to kick it full ladies here. Which is a okay. problem, because he probably does play it while he's, like, driving in a car. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, hey, I'm just listening to this podcast. Do you guys mind? It's, like, us. You know what I mean? Like, no. That's... Case Color is very of money, man. right? Risky business. Days of Thunder, right? <laughs> Days of Thunder is great. Of July. Days of Thunder is one of my favorite movies ever. It's Tom Cruise. He's a big star. I can't believe I got ripped for citing well, Tom Cruise. I don't know. I feel like there's a more star. Well, what was your lead? I don't even remember I what your setup was. You to name, I, I challenged you to name one, and you couldn't. Well, I don't watch movies, so I'm a bad guy to judge. Like, and, and again, you can't, I can't use The Rock. People will get confused. Like, Clearly, The Rock is a bigger star now. I'm not denying that. Okay, But I mean, I can't believe you're ripping me here. This is crazy. He's a huge star, Tom Cruise. I don't know. I, 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 didn't, say, I, was, I didn't say... How is that? Da- I didn't say Cary Grant. I mean, what, what I would have went, went Matt Damon, maybe. What was t- Matt Damon's last hit? Oh, he was in the the, uh, the Martian. Okay, yeah, all right. Was, I, I concede. I concede that point. The Martian was was the Martian a big hit though, or was it just critically acclaimed? Oh, I think it was a big hit too. It's a big hit. Trying to think of right, well, the top of my head, you know, Will Smith's kind of done. Like you know, that that's pretty well done. So why did Will Smith take that part in? Uh, Oh, Suicide Squad? 
But here's the thing. Yeah, I didn't okay? know he was in it. I, I had no idea. Somebody said, did you know Will exactly. Smith's in it? I said, what? Will Smith's in that? that they didn't use it at all in any of the advertising. Listen. Yeah, like what? That movie's going to make a billion dollars, okay? No matter how many bad reviews it gets, we all know it's going to make a gazillion dollars. But here's the thing. He's totally outshined by the broad. The girl with the, with the, the, the girl <laughs> maybe, playing. Uh, maybe we should go with a different term than that. But well, whatever. She, 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 Harley she, Quinn the, is the her other name, one. So the Harley Quinn character is getting all the pub. She's getting all the attention in the commercials. Okay, he's totally outshined to the point where I didn't know he was in the movie either, and neither did you apparently. So I don't know why. And, I, that's, and listen, this is a guy who who makes very calculated moves in his decision. Yeah, this one was a loss. This was not a good one from him. I, was I, don't, I don't understand. I honestly had no idea. Somebody said, Did you, "That's Will Smith," you know. I said, "Oh, that guy looks a lot like Will Smith." Like, that, yeah, you know why? Because that's what I went. No way. Because that's the guy who he's, <laughs> he's the lead, right? Like I'm the leader. I'm nothing, right? Like he's not though. He's not. That's the thing. Like he's like he's like. Listen, there's no question. The star coming out of this is is the girl. Is that better, Rich? Yes. And that that's who's coming out of this. As this, I don't even know her name. But, it's Margot uh, Robbie or something like that. Or I, I don't know how to pronounce the first it. name. Yeah, and, I, I, and, I, I'm and, sure I have the first name wrong. But and not only that, he's he's like playing third fiddle because you got Jared Leto debuting as the new Joker. Right. In in the movie too. So I, I don't know. That was a very odd decision making there by Will Smith. That could have been. Uh, and really, that could have been anyone in that role. Would the movie? Did he add a? Did he draw a dollar to that movie? <laughs> it's gonna. It's I mean, really hurt him in the Observer Hall of Fame. Voting, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't think he drew a dollar to that movie. I'm sorry. I think you could have gotten whatever they paid Will Smith, which was probably an exorbitant amount of money. They probably paid him thirty million dollars. They do that didn't movie. use him in any of the advertising because I had no. And like, that's the thing. Exactly. I'm, I'm the person you would want to tell. Hey, by the way, you like Will Smith? He's in this movie. And I went, oh, okay. They didn't. I never was told that Will Smith is in this movie. They didn't push Will Smith. Front. They're not getting a return on their investment here for Will Smith. I think they could have used any competent character actor for a fraction of the price and saved a little bit of money. But uh, listen, Michael I'm Jordan, defending- right? You know, isn't that his name? The oh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, right. You could put him. He in probably there. wouldn't. You know what though? He probably wouldn't have taken that role for the reasons we just said. <laughs> he doesn't want to play. You know what I mean? Like I kind of thought that was emerging- him at first too. I said, "Was oh, that Michael? no?" That's Will Smith. I went, "No, it's not. no, it's Michael B. Jordan. No, it's Will Smith." He's an emerging young actor. What's yeah, he want to play third fiddle for? You know what I mean? He don't want to do that. that you know, jeez. Uh, but yeah, I'm defending my use of Tom Cruise. Okay, right. I don't think that's a dated reference. I think you're wrong. I think the listeners will side with me. <laughs> they always I, side I, with you. They don't always side with me. They bury me. But I, I, they love to bury that's me. That's listen- Yeah. Well, that subset doesn't like me either, though. Rich. They bury you yeah. and they, they just like kind of think that I'm just kind of along for the oh, ride. Oh, forget like, – yeah, I mean forget those people. But I, I, even the people that like us, like even the people that are – like half the people that like that like us hate me. You know what I'm saying? There's a good chance that they, that, that they could side with you here. All I'm saying is Tom Cruise is not a dated reference. Okay. I'm standing firm on that. Okay. I think Tom Cruise is still a contemporary star. I think if you're if you're making two hundred million dollar movies that came out you know a year ago, oh, one hundred ninety five million actually. See the Last Samurai, that was good, right? <laughs> what was the Last you didn't like Samurai? That? The Last Samurai. I like the Last Samurai, but man, that was like okay. When did the Last Samurai come out? I mean, like two thousand one, probably like two thousand two or something. Two thousand three, the Last Samurai. Yeah, you know what I didn't like? I didn't like Magnolia, and I did not like Vanilla Sky. No, that was like, like eyes, the, yeah, eyes wide shut with shit too. He I, had a bad little know, period I mean, there for sure. That was a bad period. He got a little too artsy for his own good. You know what I mean? Every actor kind of goes through that too. But, you know, they, they take those roles and then they go, ah, you know what, I'm just going to make some more money. <laughs> you know, I'll just. Yeah, they, they, they all want to be thespians at some point. You know what I mean? And it's like, nah, just come on. They, they, you, you're falling off the edge here. I, you know, 
What about the uh, What about the firm? Were you a fan of the firm? I don't firm? think I've ever seen the firm. Me neither. I'm being <laughs> <laughs> never seen the firm. Uh, I accept, I'm not even a big Cruise fan, but I'm just saying. Okay, all right, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry. I'm just saying wanna... he's a big star. Okay. I'm just saying he's a big star. That's all. You know who's a big star? The big guy, because that's what his name is going to be on the Indies. The big guy Ryback. Is that what he's going with? The big guy? Can he legally use the big guy? I, I don't. I guess he's going to use it. That's kind of a terrible name, right? Like use your real name. Recognizable. I guess, but just I don't know. Just be Ryan he's Reeves. He's booked for two uh, WrestlePro shows already. I can guarantee you they're not paying $4,500 for his services. <laughs> um, but uh, but that he's already booked for two WrestlePro shows. He's going to be a regular there, obviously. I don't think it's any big secret. He's very tight with Pat Buck. Uh, they're very good friends. So he'll be working all the WrestlePro shows. And I'm curious to see who pays this man $4,500. He's not worth it. Uh, I think someone did the math. You have to. He has to sell like 300 extra tickets to your show at $15 a pop to make it worth the investment, right? Isn't that how the math works out? Yeah, I mean, are we going it's 15? Like, are we going with the average of 15? Yeah, if you go with 15 bucks. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you're like bringing 300 extra people in there. I don't know, think I. I, I don't minimum, think he's that level of star. Yeah, I really don't. I, I don't either. Yeah, I mean, do you think if you, you, you go to shows in Chicago, if he was booked on an yeah. AEW show, you think? Do you think three hundred more people are showing no. up? No, God no. There's not a chance. No, not in the world. If he's on a freelance show, are three hundred more people showing up? There's not a chance. I mean, that's what uh, Pentagon is probably bringing that in. Pentagon Junior is bringing that in. That, that's you know, I don't grabbing. Think he's drawing three hundred. Yeah, more and that's people. a lot. Like, that's you really a lot have to think people. of how many people that is, and like think of think of if you go to local indie shows, think of whatever venue you do it at, and then think of adding three hundred people to that venue. You know that that's that's a big deal. Like, and then you can say, "Oh, what about DVDs? Do you think he's selling a single DVD?" <laughs> Who's gonna watch? Yeah, I don't think we're off base here. I mean, is he? He's really not that big a star, right? I mean, to the point where he's the kind of guy who has way more value to a big company than he does to an indie. If that's gonna be his price. I mean, I think it'd be you know for New Japan or TNA or something, they should absolutely go after a guy like that. I would. Ne- that's you might as well take that five thousand dollars and put it through a shredder. I mean, it's a waste of money. You know what that price tag says to me, Rich? It says I don't want to get out of bed for it's, these. It's Indies. the Rey Mysterio thing. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. What, was, what was Rey Mysterio's rate? It was something like that. Yeah, and that's I think it was the, more, wasn't it? That's wasn't the, it like, I'm holding out for somebody to give me a good contract, and I'm not going to drive to your stupid town, you know, or fly to your stupid o- town. The yeah. only way I'm getting on a plane. To work your dingy indie is if you severely overpay me and it's too much to the point where I can't say no. That's what this price sounds like to me. This is a I don't want to work the indie's price, but if you're a fool, I will take your $5,000. I texted a few guys today and they just just laughed, promoters, and they just were like, yeah, right. Why why would I pay that guy $5,000? One guy said to me, I've never paid $5,000 total for an entire show. Why am I going (laughs) to pay this guy $5,000? You know, like, it's, it's crazy. So, no, I, it, it, I don't think the guy wants to work. I don't. I, yeah, and that, that was my fear when he was going to the Indies, that he would be this guy. And, and Meltzer mentions in The Observer as well. He says, you know, here's his exact quote from The Observer again this week's edition. There are also negotiations going on between him and New Japan. There is interest from both sides, and it's right now agreeing on a price and a number of dates. What do you think? What do you make of that news? I think he would fit like a glove in New Japan. The thing is with him, and we've talked about this, I don't know if he's about that life of hopping on a plane, getting on that long flight Mm -hmm. once a month to work those long tours, or if he's the kind of guy – you know what I mean? I don't know if he's that kind of guy who would – I don't know if he's a Mike Elgin. Mike Elgin's into that, 
and he, he it's prestigious to him and he likes doing it. And Mike Elgin goes home and, and watches wrestling on the Russian tube. You right, know, and then goes to like Facebook groups and asks, hey, what did you think of this match? Hey, how about this move? Like, yeah, like he's honestly like you, asking like a bunch of dopey, like, and I, I'm one of those dopes that's on that group. And he's like, hey, what do you guys think of this move? Should I do it? And everyone's like, yeah, do it. Like, that's what he's doing with his free time. Like, he's he on that group. Wrestling. Like, yeah. be like, hey, have you guys seen this match? It's like some like grimy, weird VHS tape quality match from like 1994. And we're like, yeah, all right, have we seen it? And he's like, oh, yeah, I just watched it. It's awesome. Like, that's what he's doing at like 2 a.m. He's doing that. Like, he's up on every. If you ask him if he saw the you know the Big Japan show from Sumo Hall, he's you know he, he's seen it. Like you know I don't I don't. No, someone legitimately did ask guy. him that recently. Was it you? I, I, it wasn't. Yeah, that's you. why I used that example. Right. That was yeah. He recently said, oh yeah, I saw the Kamatani match. It was great. Like he you know I don't know if Ryback is that guy. Right. I, I my gut is telling me it's not. So I don't think uh, he feels like you, you know that's anything prestigious or keeping his career alive. I think he's the kind of guy who might just be happy working his two WrestlePro shows a month and working the Northeast indie scene uh, and working his NEW shows and everything, you know, Northeast wrestling and all these, you know, places that, you know, run six times a year. And, and I, I think, I don't, I don't know if he's a PWG, New Japan. I don't know if he's Cody Rhodes, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know. And I, I, my gut tells me that he's not. Yeah, I, I always had this idea with him as well that I, I just wasn't quite sure. And, and, and we'll see because I had, I had similar you know, worries uh, of a Drew Galloway or whatever when he went to the Indies and he completely shocked me and, and, and totally you know, bucked that trend by becoming one of those guys that's all over the place and doing those things. So I have no idea. I still, my gut still says that, yeah, he's a guy that's going to hold out and see if he can get a big deal, if he can get New Japan or if he can get something like that. But even then, I could see him kind of burn out from that, too, because that's not something that, like, again, like, Elgin mentions that it's hard. Like, you know, he loves it, but it's not that easy to go and leave your family and just go fly, take these long-ass flights and go do it. Like, it's hard, especially when you've been a WWE system guy and you've had kind of just this... You know, that life for a while, and now you got to completely change that. And I thought one of the, the things that's really kind of a, to me, a, a little bit of a red flag is that there was also mentioned in The Observer, and I've seen it other places as well, that he's going to start a nutrition company, that he's going to do stuff like that, get, you know, weightlifting, nutrition, that sort of stuff. I think over time he's going to realize, wait a minute, I make more money doing this, and I don't have to go anywhere, you know? Yeah. I make a website, and I sell this stuff, and I do photo shoots. Like, yeah, I kind of, I think I'm going to do this instead. Like, And working for his pal twice a month. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I, and I don't doubt that he's still not going to wrestle, but the idea that, like, he's going to go and, like, work undercard of New Japan G1 show, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't I see think that he would. Myself. I think he would do well in New Japan. The question is, does he want to do that? And, um... Would you have any concern if, with him being too similar to a few other characters there, or do you think there's plenty of room for beefy American I think, I think, you know, guys? I think Ryback would thrive in New Japan under the assumption he came in with the right attitude. I think he would thrive. If, if he came there to work and he came there to do well and he was motivated, I think he would thrive in New Japan. I, I don't think it matters that he's similar to Elgin or anything. I, he, I, think he, I think he would do very well there. But there'd be too many gaijins, though, you know? I, I don't like my, my wrestling to have gaijins in it. That's uh, all Japan wasn't built on gaijins, Joe. <laughs> just I can't even do that today. That's as long as we ignore Stan Hansen. Uh, Rich, just just just, just and, so you know, I had the producer look this up. Okay, I heard Tom him feverishly Cruise. in the background, so I'm going to mute his computer next time because it was loud. So. <laughs> it might be a good idea. Uh, Tom Cruise was the sixth highest paid actor in Hollywood last year. Wow. $40 million. Um, I, listen, I don't think I need the listeners' opinion. <laughs> Who was ahead I'm of him, though? Like, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. What, where was he? He was fifth? 
Six. Six. Okay, so it wasn't yeah, the top, the top five. Time. Like that. Okay. Oh come on! For Mission, that's for one movie, right? Mission Impossible. I'll tell you. I, I tell you who was ahead of him. Matt Damon, who I mentioned. Was no, Matt example. Damon is nowhere to be found on wow, the list. Wow, really? Okay. Just, I'll have you know. Okay, Robert Downey Jr. was number one. Yeah, okay. I, I would have made fun if you used him too, maybe, but not as much you as probably would have. But yeah, okay. Jackie Chan was number two. I couldn't tell you the last Jackie yeah, Chan. Yeah, what the hell is he in? Okay, he's probably he's doing stuff in China though, right? I think he's doing like. Probably they might be counting that. I yeah, I don't know. Which by the way, I have I have a, I have a, a segue finish, and then I will. Vin Diesel was number three. Okay, you would have accepted that. Yeah, right? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper was number four. Okay, you would have probably yeah. you no you would have undersold him. You would have no, said no, no. Ah, he's not a big star. No, no, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't have ripped me for being a dated reference. I think you would have ripped me because maybe you didn't think he was that big a star. Number five was Adam Sandler. Now you definitely would have ripped me for yeah, Adam oh Sandler. yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, Adam Sandler is a very rich man. And then Tom Cruise is number six. Okay, all right. I, listen, I got to claim a W here. I, I got to tell you, I don't think it's a dated reference. I really don't. Uh, you know, so okay. I have the women's list. You want the Yeah, yeah, let's list. go with that. Yeah, let's see what's going on here. Who do you think was number one? Number one woman actor last year. Highest paid. Highest paid. And I'll tell you, if you put her on the men's list, she'd be number four. Wow. Actually, no. That, that's incorrect. She'd be number two. Holy she crap. made more than Chan. Hmm. She's only behind Robert Downey Jr. Why am I having trouble with this one? She's got a tremendous ass. I don't know if that helps you any. It's not Jennifer Lopez, is it? No, but it is a Jennifer. Aniston? No. Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> you call me? My references are dated? <laughs> The, the queen of the 90s rom-com? What has she done? Are you kidding me? There's a top 20 list for the women, and she's nowhere to be found. It's Jennifer Lawrence, my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll be kicking yourself. Does she have a very good – I don't know. But, I've never – Oh, you know what? I got to apologize, Rich. Jennifer Aniston's number five. Yeah, there you 16. go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see her the and first she's time a, around. Hey, Jennifer Lawrence, get that out of here. Who is it? Two things have been learned here. Okay, actually, one very important thing has been learned. We should not do a Hollywood podcast. No, we'd be very bad. Because I've seen like I've seen one movie all year, and it's Star Wars. So yeah, I we're obviously lost. I yeah. mean, we're lost without a clue here. But Jennifer Lawrence made fifty-two million dollars last year. That's second in the world behind Robert Downey Jr. So wow, okay, uh, yeah. Scarlett Johansson's number two, and Melissa McCarthy is number three on the list. Okay, so, but yeah, Jennifer Aniston didn't make. The is top Jennifer five. Lawrence known for her posterior? I've never. Uh... She, I don't know whether she is or not, but if you've ever seen, uh, what's the gimmick with Bradley Cooper? Uh, uh, what's the name of that movie? God damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't ask me. Like, she spends the entire movie in yoga pants. Okay, all right. And I can confirm that she has a tremendous, tremendous ass. Okay. That yeah. is a, yeah, what the hell is the name of that movie? It's a good movie, too. I can't think of the name of it. Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Let's see here. This is, this is really just thrilling radio for our uh, sponsors, so. Uh, Jesus Christ. Robert De Niro was in it. Um, they're doing the dancing gimmick. Both of them are a little crazy. The fuck was the name of this movie? Apparently, <laughs> uh, uh, when you do a. S- S- Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, Silver okay. Linings All right. And I did never see All that. Right. So. You guys, listen, that's, that's well worth a watch. I've heard it's good. I yeah. think you would enjoy that. I think the nurse would enjoy that. And it is a nice little, good little movie. But she spends the entire movie okay. Well, I'm in, okay. in the leggings, Rich. Mm-hmm. The entire movie. It's tremendous. Because she's doing the dancing. She's doing a little jogging. There's, there's some jogging scenes where she's wearing a legging. Tremendous uh, uh, ass on this Jennifer okay. Lawrence. I, double thumbs up from JL. I okay. can tell you that. 
Um, All right, my, Scarlett my Johansson has a nice ass too. Yeah, she she's does. Number, she has a lot of she's nice She's number things. two on the list, yeah. by the way. Yeah, she has a lot of nice things. Um, have you watched a second of the Rush Hour TV series? No, and I will. No. Have you even seen a clip of it? I have. Okay. Are you weirded out that the, the guy that's supposed to play Jackie Chan is definitely not Chinese at all and doesn't even look Chinese? I haven't noticed it. Is okay. he Asian at all? I don't know if he's even Asian. <laughs> like, so, you, so you don't even think he's Asian? I'm going to show you a picture. Right? Okay. I'm going I'm to send it in our little... Talk about off the rails, but all right. No, no. It's, it's, it's going to work. People love this, though. Yeah, so, th- so there you go. So I, I've sent you a picture. If anybody, if you look up Rush Hour TV show and do Google image search, it's the first thing that's going to come up. Can we please stop while I'm waiting for this to, to look? Can we please stop with like these reboots and remakes? Now it's spilling over into TV. Uh, it, it's, it's, it drives me nuts. How can anyone sit there and watch that shit? I haven't gotten this yet. Where'd you say? Okay, I sent it in the, the Source Connect chat that we're in. Oh, the Source Connect. Yeah. All right, yeah. Let's. Peel back the curtain we were a little on bit. Yeah. Skype today. Yeah. I'll wait. No, nah, that's an Asian. I think that man's Asian. Mm. He could be half. But I definitely see some Asian there. He's he and he is. He's half. But I don't know. It, it, oh, he it, is. Oh, you've looked this up. I have. Yes, because I had a, a long thought about this as well. And he played like it's obvious that they give him. And, and there's a reason they burned off all the episodes. <laughs> like I think it lasted like three episodes. And they did the thing where like they did the um, like the freaks and geeks thing or whatever, where they just play like like all right this Thursday or like this Sunday at like two a.m. We're playing all the episodes and then we're burning this thing. Right. They did that. Um, that he tries to talk with like a stereotypical Chinese accent, but it doesn't oh, work. Oh, so you're going from the angle where it's offensive. Um, it's offensive because it's just like it's obvious that he's not like. I don't know. Anybody so who's seen it will he, get okay. it. Yeah. So you think he's a fake Asian doing a stereotypical Asian accent? Because Jackie Chan, he he tries like he's doing a Jackie Chan impression. Well, that's horrible if they did that. Right. They, they couldn't have possibly have done that. I, I think you should do a clip. Look at that clip of it. It's. But even if he, well, here's the thing. Even if he is Asian, even if he's an authentic Asian man, right? Isn't it still bad if he did the stereotypical accent? Right, because he was the, born and raised in London. It, it just yeah. Now let it, me ask you this though: okay. Is that any worse than an American actor doing a British accent or an Australian actor doing an American accent? I guess not. No, no, at its core, no. But unless you're playing it for com, if you're playing the Asian accent for stereotypical comedy, you're right. And that's that where the problem lies. A little. Whereas, if you're an Australian actor and you're playing a guy from New York, and you're just doing the accent for authenticity, you're saying this guy was doing it for laughs, and and. I don't know. I didn't see that get any kind of attention, though, for being offensive or anything. I just I don't saw think bad re- it, so. I just saw bad reviews for the show. Can you hear this they, at all they, or no? No, I cannot. Okay, then forget it. That's not going to work. Yeah. All right. We haven't perfected the art of drops. No, no. That's, and, uh, we can, but it's just a lot of work. And it's unnecessary. Really okay. Any other, we, got, we got a few more topics here. This isn't, a morning zoo. this isn't a morning zoo. Yeah, nobody wants We don't need it. to have a soundboard. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's, you know. that's, I've done that in the past. I know it's a life I don't want to go back to. So, uh, you want to talk about the SummerSlam weekend? Uh, sure. I don't want to break down every card. Gabe wants, I don't know if Gabe wants us talking about it. But <laughs> I don't think he wants to. No, he's not with the SummerSlam week. No, no, no. I, that's the Mania weekend. I'm talking about SummerSlam, brother. Oh, the SummerSlam. Okay, okay. But you're, you're right. right. Let's go to the Mania one I was first. jumping ahead. No, let's go to the Mania one first. You're right. You want to do the Mania one? Okay. Are we, <laughs> we are. He, the press release has come out. He is fine. We are good. Um, so, okay. People, no, no longer people, will buy, people won't buy tickets anymore, but... 
because they boy did that cause a hubbub. He might have known say. the lineup before, and that you know that that's not you know you want to create it's, buzz it's, or hype for something. So it's not a reporter's job or anything to report news when they figure it out. You wouldn't want to, you know. I mean, geez. cause a stir, get people excited about something you're announcing. So you know, <clears throat> out the, the next day. I mean, it's it's not like when it when it when it was put out by McCarran that it didn't have the entire Twitter world talking and buzzing about it. <laughs> and planning what they're going to go to and what they're going to buy and what tickets. But How that was bad, I cannot figure out, but uh, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. We're not wrestling promoters. Anyway, here's this Mania weekend. Looks pretty awesome here. And this is, of course, just for WN Live, and this is just their little stuff. Uh, they're calling it, again, More Than Mania. Uh, Morethanmania.com is the kind of the hub of this entire thing. Uh, you start off Thursday, and Joe, you are planning on going, correct? I... Yeah, I mean, if I'm not homeless by then, I could be in Orlando. Okay, all right. Well, hopefully those stocks do well. Um, Thursday, the 30th, Evolve, 8 p.m. So you start off a real good Evolve show. Friday, here's where – this Friday, man, this is pretty loaded here. Progress. Yeah, well, like – well, Thursday you left something out, my friend. Okay? Evolve is running – this is the WWN side of the deal. Evolve is running, but WrestleCon is going head-to-head with WrestlePro. Uh-oh, I it's did not Wrestle know. Pro. Uh-oh. Yes, it is. If Thursday night is Wrestle Pro head-to-head with Evolve, and it could be the big guy. Where's, uh, where's Karen, guy uh, still be where's Karen Jarrett going to be? That's what I'm always looking for. I, I don't think Karen Jarrett's going to be anywhere. Okay. I think her, uh, yeah. She won't be at WrestleCon, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, Wrestle Pro can, can and, you know, fire shots be, fired. I, listen, <laughs> I don't think they can. I don't think she's allowed in the building. I don't think if Wrestle Pro hypothetically wanted to book Karen Jarrett, I think WrestleCon would tell them, no, you cannot do that. Hmm. Why is She's that? Why is that? Well, we know why that is. I don't even think that's a big secret. <laughs> spit at everybody. Who spits it? That's like multiple times that she spit at people. Who spits at well, anybody? Well, not even just the spitting. I mean, in the back, she was a fucking nightmare, too. Yeah, but like she, she keeps spitting on people. Who spits on anybody? Because like, she's a disgusting human being. I mean, what like, you know? I, I, Have you ever spit on anybody? Ever? I don't, I've never spit on anybody, no. Like, I've never even thought of that that would be a reaction that I would have to somebody. To spit yeah, on them. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, God. Thursday. So, Evolve, uh, I mentioned 8 p.m. Friday, the 31st. We start out at noon with Progress. Europe's Progress Wrestling is coming to America, and they are doing, uh, they will be at the More Than Mania WN Live experience at noon. That should be pretty awesome. Absolutely. Chance to see Progress. The problem is they're going head to head with Rev Pro at WrestleCon. So, what do you do? <laughs> Probably go to Pride. I, well, the, yeah, I mean, Repro Solid, too. So that, that's. You wait for the cards. Yeah, it's. You wait it's for good, the cards, yeah. is all you can do. You gotta wait for the card. Evolve, 4 p.m. So you got right. the other afternoon. Who, who are they going up against? Are they uh, on their own? I don't remember because I'm doing this off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't have the other cards in front of me. Then, I think it's uh, some kind of Ring of Honor gimmick. I, I, okay. I, I can't remember. 8 p.m. Ch- Chikara's at 8 p.m., so, you know, we are not probably gonna put that over very well, but we'll no, you see go what to the dinner. card is, but, you know. No, no, you don't see the card. You just go to dinner. You find a buffet and you easy. go there. Yeah. So then, uh, then you come back after your big meal uh, for Kaiju Big Bell at midnight. Uh, maybe, yeah. If no, not still, maybe. No, you know, no, hanging, no, no. If you're hanging, listen, it's something you got to do once, and I already did it. It's like I don't know if I could do it again, but, but um, it, it certainly yeah, helps yeah, if you've acquired uh, something. Or things between your dinner and midnight. Is, and I don't do those things. Right. So, so you know, it, Kaiju loses a little it bit definitely, for you. And, and for me as well, because I don't do... Uh, maybe the You know, I'll do the alcohol, but that might help. But I feel you like you need drunk, another... You get drunk. I feel like the drunk isn't... Yeah, I think you need another... Something else, yeah, people, you know? Every, people like to be high at Kaiju. Yeah, like... 
If I did acid, I would like to take acid and watch Kaiju Big Bad. Like, that would be Jay. what I would do. Yeah. But I don't. Puppet, so Puppet monsters fighting to... <laughs> right. Like, I, I wonder if you get more freaked out, though. I wonder if you don't want to get too high or else you just really get nuts for it. Like, Ask Novembrino. Okay. What, what are you ensuing with that? Yeah. I'm not insinuating anything. Right, insinuating, he was yeah. high off his ass at the oh. Kaiju oh, show okay. in Dallas. So. <laughs> <laughs> He'll oh. tell you that. I'm not fucking no, I, freaking I, I, I. kayfabe here. But, you know, he was, you know, and, and that's when he chose to introduce himself to Dave Meltzer, which was very funny to watch. <laughs> How did Dave react? A was there a lot quiet. of ums was, and, you knows and, all right, I got to go. <laughs> like, no, he was just, Dave is, Dave's behavior at these things, he is so polite. Like, it, it's like, it's a constant stream. It's like people going to meet the Pope. It really is. There's just, there's like a line. People are nervous. And he's just, he's like, su- they want to kiss the ring, you know, but he's just super nice to everyone. And he makes, t- he makes as much time as you want to have with him. He makes it for you. Can you imagine like the weird people he's met every weekend? He's got to go to dinner with those people, too, you know, like the F4W crew, like, you know. Barry in the board. Rich is Barry in the board. This is usually me getting in trouble yeah. with this kind of stuff. You're just going all Oh, they know. The There's a bunch of the good ones that go there, and they, the good people know, and they don't care the and they'll laugh. The good but... ones. Holy shit. Oh, you're just. Yeah, the, you're... oh, that's a real hot take that the observer board is filled with cretins. Yes. What uh, a hot okay, take. Okay, that's a good. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> all right. You, you got me. You got me there. You get. The, I'll take the L on that one. Yeah, but, they, I mean. They're, like, just... they're frequent Brian and Vinny listeners. Like, come on. Like. <laughs> now you're attacking another podcast. No, I like this the Brian and Vinny show. Man, did this show go off the rails. Really People did. are either going to love or hate this one. But they, our listeners are maniacs. They're going to love weird. it. They're weird. Yeah, they're such weirdos, too. They're not cretins. They're weirdos. So Now we're burying our own list. We've buried everyone on this show. But you know, you're not too weird to drive for Lyft. Lyft.com slash bonus. Voices Wrestling. You can, you know, you know, even if you are a cretin and you can't get a job, you, you drive for Lyft and you're good. You know, we did that read already. But I'm just saying, like, if you, I, I'm, I'm tying this into the, the cretin thing. Like, if you're, if you're, you know, if you need a job and you don't have no money, you know. Lift.com slash bonus voice of wrestling. I can make some money. You're good. Saturday at Mania, Rich. What do we have? Shimmer at noon. Okay, Chikara double in. dipping at 4 p.m. Sleeping in. <laughs> Till 4? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know. This is when you go to, this is, Joe, this is when you go to Access and wait in line for Dolph Ziggler's autograph. So This is when you go to lunch. You either, you, you either sleep in. So, that, so to perfect, it's perfect to get high off your ass at Kaiju and then sleep until like 1 Eat a big long lunch, and then at 8 p.m. you're ready for the WWN Super Show. That's right, because other and then beyond after that, right? At midnight, because you got to stay up because late if, on Saturday. You got a late night on yeah, Saturday. Because if you're going to Kaiju, you're gonna be you're gonna be at the show till 3 a.m. You get back to the hotel 3:30, 4 o'clock, or whatever. You sleep in, right? You, you don't buy a ticket if you're a female wrestling fan. You don't go to Kaiju because then you want to see Shimmer. Okay, but if you're not into the women's wrestling, you go to Kaiju. You sleep in. And then you go to lunch. There's no chance I would go to Chikara. At four, I would yeah, go to Chikara for four, free. Yeah, yeah. I, I legitimately wouldn't go for free. Chikara stinks. Would it change but if yeah, they yeah. booked? What if they booked like an absolute like awesome show? Would you still be nervous about giving them their money? Um, maybe not. Book, I mean, let's say they announced like a bunch of these guys. Let's say they didn't come out with a card, but they said you know these five guys are going to be there. You know Phoenix sure is going to be there. Like, you know I mean like a bunch of these guys that you like are going to be there. Like, four or five guys that you like are going to be there. Dick Togo and Phoenix will be there. Uh, we don't know what well, they're going to do. Wrestle, but. Well, I would need to know what WrestleCon has at. Okay. At four o'clock. All right. Because if WrestleCon has anything with a pulse, but the, here's the thing: they don't. I like this idea of Dick Togo facing Phoenix. By the way, that's a really good. 
I think WrestleCon on Saturday has the WrestleCon Women's Super Show and the and the ROH Women of Honor show, I think. So it's like there's nothing that appeals to me on either of those shows, on either of those WrestleCon or WWN. So I would just sleep in and go to lunch. Yeah, and, This and is sa- the easiest path to greatness and, ever. Yeah, and Saturday night's awesome too. I mean you got the, the super yeah. show, uh, Mercury Rising 2017. It's Progress versus Evolve. I mean, come on. Right. You, you can't – if you're in Orlando and you're not going to that show, I don't know. You're just – But see, it's head-to-head with the WrestleCon super show, which is going to be loaded too. Yeah, I know. The, but... They always go head-to-head with each other. And here's the other thing too. It's also going up against NXT. Oh, I also, forgot about NXT. No, yeah. NXT's Friday. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, uh, okay, that's okay. Good, good, good. So Saturday you've got Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, Wrestle. Yeah. Listen, but listen though, for our listeners, you've got Hall of Fame, you've got WrestleCon Super Show, you've got Evolve versus Progress, and you have Ring of Honor all at the same time. <laughs> the only show Ring of Honor is running the whole weekend. So, but but seriously, that's a lot to choose from. There's a lot going on Saturday at eight o'clock. Saturday at eight o'clock is packed. What's interesting is everybody you- avoided um, NXT on Friday. Like they basically let Chikara out there to die. Right, like eight p.m. Chikara. Exactly. Chikara's going head-to-head with NXT, which is the death spot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would, why would you go? I mean, you I think know, it's telling it's, that WWN isn't doing anything up against them this year. Uh, basically, I mean, anything hypothetically, but putting Chikara out there, which I guess... No, Evolve is always strategically positioned. Yeah, which yeah. Is, I mean, but Smart. look, it's Gabe's thing. He should do that. Why, you know, why shouldn't he strategically position Well, particularly now, he should probably do that, too. So, that, like, more than ever, yeah. It's a good idea that he's doing it. So, I mean, you know, and then then after you go to either one of those four events on Saturday night, you've got Beyond at Midnight. Yep. Which is a great spot. Why would you not go to that? It's going up against nothing. It should be a decent enough show. I mean, I'll probably find myself at that show. I mean, why not? You know? And then, um, you know, Sunday. Sunday, I know you're pumped for this. The More Than Mania tailgate party. Of course. Featuring Full Impact Pro and American Combat Wrestling. We'll oh, wait, so there's there. matches now on Sunday. I, I guess, yeah. It just says featuring those two. I don't know if they're going to be, like, grilling. I don't know if, like, Maxwell Chicago is, like, helping out with the party or if he's wrestling. I don't know, but it just says featuring Full Impact Pro and American Combat Wrestling. So I never understood why nobody runs something Sunday afternoon. I would go to a wrestling show on Sunday afternoon. Why not? So run a show at 10 o'clock in the morning and wrap it up by... 1230 and everyone has plenty of time to get the mania because yeah, everybody just kind of loafs around right yeah what does anybody yeah, do on what does sunday everyone morning, do on yeah. sunday morning run a show going to the, the, the terry and funk barbecue maybe i don't know if I he's doing was, that again yeah. I, I thought it was very smart to run a, for that company to run a show after wrestlemania last year yeah until you saw wrestlemania and then i felt bad for that <laughs> because then i thought it was a very good idea until wrestlemania it took nine hours and it took two hours to get into the building and all that sort of stuff but um, yeah, they delayed it. They held off. Everybody said know, they had a good time. I, I talked to a few people yeah. that went to that show, and they all said it was, still, uh, it was still a hell of a time, and everybody really it's enjoyed a it. Show. So. They booked all kinds of, of people because these wrestlers will take the booking. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of these years, someone should have the guts to run against Mania. You know what? I, I would go to it. I probably would. I'll be honest. See, like, that's, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I would never go to WrestleMania for all the reasons that I always talk about. Don't you think there's 300 of me in town that weekend? That's not a lot of people, right? I think it's well worth you, it. Yeah, for people that just don't want to get involved in like this big stadium. I mean, I think after that, I mean, like that's really what I've always said, and, and, and you know, on the show I've mentioned before that I've always wanted to go just the one big stadium mania. Hey, I think that'd be kind of cool to just do that. But after seeing the, the the shit show that was last year, and seeing how long that show was, and how long it was to get in, and like, I I just 
and what kind of I guess to a point what WrestleMania has kind of become with this company it's more of like it, it's like a variety it, it's their you know annual variety it's show yeah it's a spe- it's not a wrestling event. I enjoy I would, it on TV right I would honestly honestly 100% I think if you ran a show and it had a somewhat decent lineup up against Mania I think I would absolutely go to I your would show. absolutely and I'd be there yeah. with you and I think that I can't, you can't tell me on that weekend first of all you can definitely book a show every wrestler in the world that's of any value is there Okay, or at least from North America. Okay, it, it is in town, so you can you've got the talent to book the show. I, you can't tell me. I, I'm telling you, I, I I would gamble on that. Someone needs to take that gamble. I think there's 300 to 500 people that would go to that show, that that particular weekend. You think everyone in town that weekend has a mania ticket? I don't believe that. I think there's a lot of people there who just go for the indie stuff and go home. Mm-hmm. Those people would go to a show during mania, right? There might be people that just go to Hall of Fame and do that. So, you know what I mean? Like, they might just do that stuff, too. Maybe they don't want to pay a bunch of money for a WrestleMania ticket or whatever. There's a possibility. There's those people, too. I don't know if they're going to go to your indie show. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of us that just kind of float around to these WWE live shows and these independent shows that might say, hey, yo, yeah, I don't want to go to Mania. That's fine. Like, I'll do that. I think Last Mania was a very good time to maybe, if, if there's any year to do it, I think this year would be a good one to choose. Yeah, I mean, Dallas had 100,000 seats, so you're selling an extra, what, 30,000? They sold an extra, what, 30,000 seats this year, the 90,000 seats that they sold? Mm-hmm. So it's like this, you know, when they go back to like a 60,000 seat place, there's 30,000 less tickets to Mania. So it might be smarter to do it this year than to have tried it last year. One of these years, someone's going to try it. Yeah, last year, anybody could get into Mania if they wanted to. I mean, it was like five bucks for a ticket. You know what I mean? Like, if you wanted to sit in the nosebleeds, which is what I've always said. Like, I'm fine just paying two bucks and sitting and just being a part of it for a little bit. But then seeing what a part of it was last year, it was a I, nightmare. I said, you know, I don't know if I want to be a part of it anymore. Like, I think I'm okay. I mean, I talked to people who regretted going, who made the last second decision to go, and they were like, it was a fucking nightmare. It took hours to get in. It took hours to get out. The show wasn't that great. You're sitting literally a mile away, and you, and you end up watching the big screen, and you're, you, you don't even watch the ring. That doesn't appeal to me at all. I would go to an indie show during WrestleMania. Curious what the listeners think. Yeah, I'll be serious. Yeah, definitely let us know on our forums, voicewrestling.com slash forums. I love a podcast uh, thread uh, for this particular episode. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if you would go to a show. Maybe we can even, uh, I don't know, forward that over to somebody and see if they'll take the risk. It's not our money, right? Hey, man, give me something to do. Yeah. All right, let's talk SummerSlam weekend because that's a little bit uh, closer to what's coming up. Um, I don't, we're not going to break down every card because I think we're going to do that next week uh, in more detail. But I wanted to basically – I don't know if people really get that this – you know, it's not all converged on one location. It's not all – but there's a lot of stuff going on next weekend during SummerSlam weekend. I mean, it does it, – it almost doesn't end. I mean, there's – I think someone tallied it up, and if you count UFC, there's something like eight shows – that you can watch that are available streaming on uh, or on pay-per-view or whatever that you can watch next weekend. I mean, it's it, absolutely loaded weekend that just kind of caught a lot of people by surprise. You got Evolve 66 starting up on uh, Friday. That's, um, of course, August 19th. Uh, Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle in, in the main event. No holds barred. Evolve title. That should be pretty good. Uh, debut of Cody Rhodes. He's facing Zack Sabre. Sounds pretty good. Dustin. All caps. Dustin. That's Coming right. in town, baby. Have you, did you watch that angle? That was really good. They did a good it job with that. Angle. Yeah. I like that. Evolve's really doing a lot of good stuff right now. They are. Peter Casa, he's back too. Jigsaw, did you see that he's coming back too? That's pretty nice. I like Jigsaw. Yeah, he worked a lot. He let, he worked a show in New York. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Death Before Dishonor, featuring New Japan, of course, because how else could they? How could they possibly run a show without featuring New Japan? It's a traditional pay per view. Yeah, this is on pay per view. I can get it on your PlayStation Network and I believe the Fight TV app uh, as well. Is this well. head to head with Evolve? 
This is at 9 Eastern. Evolve is at 8 Eastern. So you so could hypothetically, I mean, yeah, I, I, for all intents and purposes, yeah, it, it basically is. But uh, not a bad card at all. I think uh, real quickly, I'm going to run down this card. Uh, of course, Jay Lethal, Adam Cole in the main event. Of uh, course, or Satoshi uh, Kojima. And, uh, yeah, and, and, unless, and there is a, there is a uh, <laughs> I, they didn't add it, but I'm going to add it right now, a little asterisk, you know, if Jay Lethal is still champion. That's right. Which is Gabe always does a good job of that. I will give him Gabe that credit. Gabe always does that. Like absolutely. it's so ridiculous because he'll do it like months ahead of time and be like, "Oh, if you know <laughs> Timothy Thatcher but here's the thing with Gabe. Jigsaw on like but, you know." But he has a history of of yes. someone losing the title right, before right. that though, so you, you never know with him. I used to laugh at Ring of Honor shows when I would go buy like Ring of Honor Chicago tickets, and they'd be like, "Well, if Samoa Joe still has the title, but he you know he is going to face Amazing Red," and I'm like, "Okay, like." I, I feel like, but then you never know. Like honestly, I, I went to a show once and Jerry Lynn was the champion. I went, "What the hell?" Like, what happened? The, yeah, like uh, I did not think that was going to happen. All right, uh, Mark Briscoe, Bobby Fish for the ROH uh, TV title. That sounds really good. Excellent. Okada versus Dalton Castle. Does that get you going? It'll be interesting. <laughs> That's a good way to go. Uh, Silas Young versus Shibata, the much uh, maligned Shibata match that people aren't happy with. I yeah, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. What a weird match. It's just weird, but I, I don't know. Salas is good. It could be solid. But, uh, and then a bunch of other stuff there. Uh, Naito and Evil versus Elgin and Tanahashi versus The Addiction for the uh, tag team titles, the ROH tag team titles. You're blowing off the best match on the show. I cannot wait for that four-way. I, I, I was just about to get that. The number one contender for the TV title. It's a four-corner survival. Kamatachi, Jay White, Leo Rush, and Donovan Dijak. My God, that's going to be great. I mean, All there's no rule. question. Yeah. Here's the thing. Dijak... Are we going to do this next week or – ah, fuck it. I started my thought. Yeah, go go ahead. I mean, Dijak should win that match. There's no question Dijak should win. Mm-hmm. But the, the other three guys, I, there's – I mean, and plus, you know, Dijak adds an interesting dynamic to it too. Uh, you know, this big killer in there with these three other dudes, smaller-sized dudes. I mean, that could be a hell of a match if they get it. That doesn't even need a ton of time because they could just go out there and just do a fucking eight-minute crazy four-way sprint. I'm very excited for that match. And yeah, Dijak, I, Dijak should win. Yeah, I, I just have visions of Dijak just hitting like these clotheslines and Leo Rush doing you know seven flips or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. gonna play like a monster here, and it's gonna be it's gonna be perfect. But yeah, we'll go into more detail of all these cards uh, next week. But uh, we'll we'll have a bunch to talk about next week, so not a problem to do that. All right, so then Evolve sixty seven. This is at three p.m. Eastern. Us live on uh, WMLive.com, of course, and Fight TV. Uh, the reason for that we will get in a bit, but it's, of course, because NXT they don't want to run up right against them. Uh, so if Timothy Thatcher is still champion, here we go. The Evolve title match. Timothy Thatcher defending his title against Drew Gulak. If, if. Listen, Riddle can win the night he before. He absolutely can win, yes. So, I, I you know, I, I do think Riddle can win the way that they've told that story and everything. I'm not saying he will, but he can. We'll, but we'll get into more detail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Chris Hero match. I cannot wait for. I mean, that's going to be I'm looking awesome. forward to all of Cody Rhodes' stuff. I really am. I've, I, I, I've, I, I'm looking forward to everything that he's got scheduled coming up. Uh, Tommy N versus Matt Riddle, another good one. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Cedric Alexander. I saw that at uh, AEW, and it was legit four and a half stars, so I have no doubt that those guys are going to go out there and kill it. And then I think the match, Joe, I, I feel like this one really appeals to you and should really appeal to everybody. Tony Nese versus Pete Casa. Yeah, just go do spots, man. That's, and that's you know, just like do. big, muscled, beefy dudes just doing like backflips and stuff like that. Yeah, on a, show where yeah. No, on a show where like no one else is going to do that shit. Right. It's great. They're going to be awesome. NXT takeover. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And you, you got the, you got the big, uh, you know, uh, TV stars versus Evolve guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I completely glossed over that. Yeah, Galloway, Ethan Carter, the Ferd, and Dustin 
all caps, Dustin, yeah. TJ Perkins, Tracy Williams, and Fred Yehi. They'll be against them. So they're against Catch Point. So you got your, you it's know. It's a hell of a show, too. Yeah, it, really good. And, and Evolve's just been booking the hell out of their promotion right now, too. And there's just a lot of good stories going on there. Uh, super talent. Like, I mean, those cards are just stacked. Awesome, awesome stuff from Evolve all weekend. Uh, so you can make sure to definitely check them out. Takeover back to Brooklyn. That's a pretty decent show as well. You got Samoa Joe Nakamura in the main event. Uh, Asuka Bailey for the NXT Women's title. Uh, the Revival versus Gargano and Ciampa. Bobby Roode versus uh, your boy, Almas Andreda Almas. Which, uh, Why is he have, my boy? I, no, he's nobody's boy right now. <laughs> he's not my boy. That's I don't think sure. he's any. Everybody kind of agrees that this is just not It's just working. not working, man. Yeah. They, they got to do something. Too, good, too talented of a guy to be just this, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Austin Aries, No Way Jose, and then Ember Moon versus To Be Announced. So The always dangerous To Be Announced. <laughs> and then we go to Sunday, which Sunday morning, I hope you're staying up late uh, after Evolve, or uh, after NXT, rather, because you got the Super J Cup, Joe. That's right. I told you, this weekend is insane. This weekend is insane. I did not realize this card was as good as it was. Yeah. I knew it was good, but then like I reread it, and I went, holy shit, this is an awesome card. Of course, happening at 2 a.m. Eastern, uh, New Japan World. Um of course, your quarterfinals, you got Liger versus Taichi, Kushida versus Kano, uh, Taguchi versus Kanemura, Will Ospreay versus Matt Seidel. Bunch of other stuff there as well. You got Titan, uh, Caristico, Valdor Jr. versus Gran Guerrero, Euphora, and uh, Ultimo Guerrero. The match I'm, I'm shocked they brought in all those. Losers, yeah, that's right? that's really great. Like, but I guess if you're all right, we're flying Titan back. Let's bring everybody. Yeah, hey, so you want to bring your buddies this, in? That's cool. You have this trios match, and, and it's not like they brought scrubs. They brought Caristico and Valdor yeah, right. and, and, and Ultimo Guerrero. How cool is that? Like, this be? is almost my favorite card of the entire weekend which is insane because i love the, yeah, like because i love those evolve cards but man and then you got these two which i just like i i forgot that these matches were happening and that's why i was mm-hmm. just like ah you know the j and then i'm like holy shit this is gonna be like a show of the year contender you got a, a katogi and harada defending the ghc junior titles against ach and ishimori who just won the the tournament yep perfect that's great like NTV perfect Cup use perfect use of noah it. perfect use of the juniors there you go like what better yep. outlet to give them than this yep and i'll tell you what it really gets it gets them off the hook a little bit for the weird booking of the first round because they had all this stuff planned. Well, now you don't even they look at this, like the tournament. Like you know what I mean? Like the tournament almost seems secondary almost when I read secondary, the rest of this. Right. Yeah, like it's you're gonna crazy. get th- you're gonna get three Will Ospreay matches on this show, and it's secondary. Think about that. Will Ospreay is gonna wrestle three times on this show, and you're not even thinking about that because the rest of the card is so good. And then the uh, IGP, uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles, not defended in a multiple, not defended in a four-way, not three-way, and it's not a Rapungi Vice. It's the Young Bucks versus the motherfucking Motor City Machine Guns. How awesome it's a, is that? It's a fresh match, and it's, it's two versus two. Oh, I love it. It's the best. Who's the third team, Rich? Nobody that I see yet. Like, I don't know. Rapun- I, 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 maybe I – did I delete it? Is Rapungi Vice in it? And I just didn't know. I don't even believe it until it's, they're in the ring. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see the, the ring the bell. Yeah, I want the bell to, to ring. And it's a match it. that it hasn't happened in New Japan. That's crazy. It's a fresh match. They brought Shelly back. He's been begging. <laughs> this is a stat card, man. And, you know, of course, and you, you got pull the, off the opener. Yeah, yeah. The opener is great, too. You got Ita, uh, Aoyagi, uh, David Finley versus Garukin Mask, Kaji Tomato, and Bushi. So Garukin Mask and uh, Kaji Tomato won everybody over who hadn't seen them before yeah. on uh, the, in the first round. That is a hell of a show. Yeah, and then also the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals of the Super Jacob. Yeah, exactly, and three Will Ospreay matches. <laughs> Jesus. And a Kushida Kano match, which is totally getting blown. And the, Will Ospreay, Matt Seidel, and Kushida Kano, and we're not. No one's even talking about it because the rest of the card is so good. It's crazy. 
You can get three Willow Spray matches on top of all that other stuff. That's yeah, great stuff. But Rich, there's more. Right. On so Sunday. then, so then you fall asleep after the the Super J Cup. You you sleep in until about two p.m. Eastern. You wake up and Joe, you you you, you get onto your Chikaratopia and you watch Chikara. No one's first, and you're next. Live yeah, I'm from the Russell Factory. I'm getting on my Chikaratopia. Princess Kimberly versus Heidi Lovelace. Eddie Kingston versus Jaker Habermeyer. Abominus Rex. How did you skip that one? <laughs> Abominus Rex. Ophidian versus, versus the Hermit Super. Crab, Joe. I listen. What can Mustache you say? Mountain's going to be there. Like, I tell you, my listen. Look, look. I've buried Chikara enough. I think it's cool that they're doing a live show on their streaming network. Yeah, that's a great that? idea. I think it's a great idea. If you're look, it's another event for the weekend. You, listen, if you want to watch, if you just want to lock yourself in your house. Order a couple pizzas and watch wrestling all weekend. Why the fuck? Order it. Give it a shot, right? I mean, look, it, it's like I wouldn't watch it with a gun to my head, but it, 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 there's a lot. You know, it's it's pro wrestling. It's something to do in between the J Cup and the SummerSlam, right? So you know, get, you know it, it, the Hermit Crab is on the show, Rich. Mm-hmm. They got my boy Francisco Di Coronado. I legit. I'm not even being sarcastic. No, he is, I know he's, I like yeah, that he's guy. Awesome, yeah. I enjoy it. I had, a, uh, I had a question for you. I bolded this here. Uh, team Big Deal. It says the big deal. Is that your boy, uh, Big Deal, Craig Steele? Ah, it damn is it. not Big Deal, Craig Steele. And, um, and Rick is, Roland, is, is Rick Roland related to Tank Roland? Those are my two questions. So I will uh, Tank give... Toland. It's Tank Oh, Roland. damn it. You're right. All right. But that is a different big deal. <laughs> and he was asked about that. And I'll tell you this, too. There's another Big Deal, Craig Steele tie-in. He's wrestling Oleg the Usurper <laughs> on a Lucha show next month. Oh, my God. And if if you're wondering, if you're if you're thinking to yourself, Joe, I'm familiar with Oleg the Usurper. He's hardly a luchador, and the big deal, Craig Steele, is at least 320 pounds. How is this a lucha match, Rich? I don't have an answer for you. All I could tell you is that the big deal, Craig Steele, is wrestling Oleg the Usurper on a lucha show in New Jersey uh, in in September. Is so, uh, is is uh, is Craig? The big deal, Steele, uh, is he avail- uh, or, or aware that uh, if you look his name up on YouTube, that he has a PWS entrance uh, on YouTube. It's, it, it says P- PWS superstar Craig, the big deal, Steele entrance video from Raw versus SmackDown 2009. Someone created, he probably did it himself. Yeah, I was going to say, my first question is, I mean, is this him? My second question, who in the world would create uh, big deal? Yeah. Let's see if, uh, yeah, see if, it, let's see see if how matches authentic up. it is. I want to see if it looks. Does it have the strippers accompanying him? Or no? Um, there's a guy. I don't know. I don't um, think you could do that on the game, though, right? You can't. A, like, it looks create... like there's a guy that comes out with him, but oh, he's with Born Talent. Who's Born Talent? I don't know who that is. Okay, well, he's the guy who the, made the oh, YouTube video. Born so Talent's the guy who made the video. Yeah, so, so he's apparently a big fan. Let's see. Let's see if he looks like him here. I gotta tell you, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. The tattoos are fairly accurate. The facial hair is okay. on point. Very great. He doesn't have that kind of muscle definition, but and that is the last video that uh, <laughs> that Born Talent has made. <laughs> I love that bad he, he signed off with that. I'm gonna make the, the I'm gonna make the big deal. Craig Steele entrance <laughs> on SmackDown <laughs> versus Raw 2000. And okay, this be- is the best part. A year ago, he uploaded this video. That's SmackDown versus Raw 2009. He uploaded it a year ago. It's a five-year-old, six, seven-year-old game. <laughs> right, he uploaded it last year, and that was his his piece out from from YouTube. That was it. For a seven-year-old game, <laughs> he nailed it. The only thing missing is the fur coat and the strippers. Okay. Other than that, 
the 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 attire. Look, he's even got like the naked lady attire, the shadow of the naked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. on the belly, like the uh, the silhouette of the naked woman. It's the attire's on point. I tell you, it's not bad. And he goes on to defeat Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> if you let the video play. So, so there you go. Yeah, sure. but no, it's not the, he's not the same as the Chikara, the big deal. Okay, it's all right. two different I just men. To make sure. It's two different men. Say, congratulations to uh, the big deal, Craig Steele, getting his bookings for all over what? the. What are you well, congratulating him for? Well, he gets to team with Sloan Caprici and Rick Rowland. But that's not the big deal, Craig Steele. Oh, well. That's, I told you it's two different. Well, men. I, wa- I said I wanted to congratulate him, but I, I guess I can't. Oh, so. oh, I thought I thought you were. Congr- I guess I'll congratulate him on the uh, Lucha Show <laughs> usurper against Oleg the usurper. Yeah, I can't explain <laughs> that one. But Who else is I, on that card? Like, I don't. I, is it like I, like I are there other like legit Lucha week. guys, or is it just like? I hope so. That's the only match I was made aware of. Called the Lucha Show, but then. Well, he, someone texted me, and they were like. Um, they were like Craig's wrestling Oleg the Usurper on a Lucha show in New Jersey and I'm like what the fuck that doesn't make any sense it's just like a randomized and, text like it's just words that, that, that don't mean anything when they're together yeah and I was like how's that so I didn't even ask about the rest of the card I was like you let's gotta see, I, to Forza the- Lucha I think is the name of it let's see okay alright yeah here we go oh you found it oh this is awesome it. yeah okay. let's, let's, so go. let's go it's in New Jersey right yeah yeah Newark New Jersey the hub of uh, Lucha um, uh, there's a lot of Latinos in Newark I think okay. it might We'll see. What else is on the show here? Uh, it's hard to find. Their website's not very good, but let's, uh, let's dig yeah, in here a little bit. Oh, they don't have a website. Okay, Forza Lucha. Let's, let's... Forza Lucha. Let's... This might even be under Cubs fans' radar. Yeah, this is pretty... Okay. Okay, well, they're... <laughs> when you go to their Facebook page, their cover photo has Dustin, formerly known as Chuck Taylor, in it. So that's right. an auspicious start for... He's more of a luchador than those other two men. <laughs> oh, my God. List your card. I can't find it. <laughs> there's there's uh, Ultramantis Black. Is, uh, he's going to be there. Is he even an active wrestler? I mean, what is... <laughs> Worker Ant, Frightmere, Matt McIntosh, Silver Ant, and Smiley will all be there. This so is the... not a single So the quest. <laughs> this, is, this is for the Forza Lucha Cup 2016, by the way. None of those men are luchadors. Well, you know. Let's see. Everything is about having them named- having tickets. Yeah, I, all it says is we have tickets. Oh, it's oh, okay. It's general admission. We have seats is what it says. I cannot find a card for the life of me. But it's, trying- it's advertised as Lucha, though. It's called Forza Lucha, yeah. I'm trying, man. I, I really, really am trying to find a like, card. This is a well-promoted Somewhere. show. Like, this is an excellent promoted show. You can't, it, it's awful. All I, can, I, all I can do is donate to get tickets. Um, is there even an address? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Scarf sponsorship is sold out per their Facebook page. So, uh, Ultramantis Black hasn't wrestled since six fourteen fifteen. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, uh, I, know I, I mean, you know, I, unless he's wrestling as something else somewhere. But I mean, he, he's advertised for the show. Yeah, I mean, no, he's. Not, I, I think there's a child wearing a, a mask. Let me see what it says. Uh, okay, no, no. It's just it's it's saying that we're se- we're gonna sell Forza Lucha shirts, and this kid's wearing an Ultramantis black um, mask. I can, so I, all of the ants, all of the ants are working. Yeah, in I, I honestly cannot find a card. I'm trying. They don't have an event well, page can, either. So like, Rich, I can tell you one match. Big deal. Craig Steele is facing Oleg the Usurper. Oh wait, hold on. Here we go. I can look at the bottom of this image i think is the rest of the members of okay uh, also appearing so you got okay you got worker ant frightmere matt mcintosh um silver ant smiley chuck taylor orange cassidy johnny silver 
Darius Carter, Juan Francisco will be there. So there you go. Um, CPA, Craig Steele, Brandon Kirk. Yeah, there's not one luchador in this at all. There's not a single luchador in the show, and <laughs> half of those men were named twice. <laughs> what do you mean? So what, what are you talking about? No, no, no. So it's like, what is going on here? What do you mean? Who has been named twice, sir? What are you talking about? We're going to go down that road again. No, I'm not. No. Um, there's not a single luchador. How can they call it a luchador show? Chuck, I'm throwing a flag. Chuck I, Taylor I, is I, working double duty. I, now you've done it, sir. <laughs> I... There's not one luchador in that show. I feel like show. Dustin's not going to beat that. I, I feel like Dustin's not going to that show, right? Like, I kind of feel like I don't know. They're booked. Forza yeah. Lucha. Who are you to, to doubt Forza Lucha? Yeah, there you go. So Actually, there's a lot of good talent on that show. I mean, it's a solid my, show. I, yeah. Like. My, my question is, why is it a lucha show? How is it a lucha show? Because there's some men wearing masks? I mean, none of those men work lucha. Who's the closest thing to a lucha wrestler on that show? All right, here, I found that they have an event page here, too. Um, so what, what are we defining? Like, guy who wears mask or, like, Mexican man? It would be... Like, who works lucha? I mean, who works okay. lucha style? Um, I don't think anyone does on that show. Right, Mirror. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. He might be the... Yeah, yeah, I mean... Juan Francisco is your lucha representative, I think. You know, I mean, you know... <laughs> it's honestly Chuck Taylor, right? Like... It's probably Frightmare, right? Probably. This is our annual charity wrestling. Okay, our annual charity wrestling show done in conjunction with the Empire Supporters Club and taking place before Red Bull New York faces the Montreal Impact at Red Bull Arena. We combine, oh, so it's going to be in the soccer stadium? I guess so. Uh, we combine independent wrestling with soccer, football, club culture. Prepare for a great deal of fun and high flying action while helping support a worthy cause. Okay, so they know that a lot of Latinos are going to the soccer game. Yeah, so they're calling yeah, it yeah, Lucha, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's not really a Lucha show. They're just labeling it Lucha. Right, and guys are going to come out with masks, and little children will not know the difference. because Right, and they're going to work extremely safe. It's a little charity show. Now yeah. I feel bad. Yeah, $10, well, we really $10 donation. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, so good no, on Craig. We didn't really make fun of it. We just make fun of the fact it was called Lucha. Yeah. But, uh, you know. A $10 donation. That's all you need to get into that show. That's not bad. 10 bucks for that That card is, I mean, you're going to pay a lot more to see a Chikara show, and that's, you know, essentially a Chikara show. Yeah. Right down, to, right down to the big Russell. deal, being booked on both of them. So, He's How not, did he get on the show? Well, there's a lot of uh, Russell Pro guys on it. You got yeah. Matt McIntosh, CPA, uh, Big Deal, Craig Steele. I thought you named a few more, too. So, it look, that's like, look. John Silver. Ever wanted, John Silver, yeah. Yeah, John's right. So if you ever wanted Wrestle Pro versus Chikara, I think you got your wish. I mean, that's like uh, that. If there's any fan out there who wants to see Wrestle Pro versus Chikara, a super show. There you go, man. That's go not a bad card for ten bucks. So if you're in the Newark, New Jersey area, that's uh, that's not bad. Then you can go watch and your you uh, soccer afterwards. Watch so. your Red Bull New York take on the Montreal Impact. So I don't think that show was on our run sheet, but there there it's you go. It's not. That's what you get. That's the voice of wrestling difference. Is that we cannot possibly stay on topic. So. Uh, and then the final thing that weekend is a little show called SummerSlam. A little SummerSlam, sure we'll yeah, which we're, we'll get into great detail. detail yeah, we'll do <laughs> painful detail next week. But uh, you've went out there on Twitter and said this is a show you're really looking forward to. You think the card's awesome, and I'm right with you. I mean, it, it is it is almost seven or eight deep with, like, I, I legitimately, like, the worst match on the entire card is Miz versus Apollo Crews, and I'm kind of okay with that. Like, that's fine. Like, that match is going to be good, right? You are mirroring everything I said last week on the solo show. This has a chance to be the show of the year. It really does if everything delivers. And it seems like everything's going to get time because it's going to be a four-plus-hour show. Yeah. 
So, I mean, even, yeah, even the lower card things, up. like even the lower Everything. card tags, like New Day versus the Club, like that'll be Jericho and Owens versus Enzo and Cass. Like, come on, are you kidding? Like, so excited for the show! Like, I'm everything, so excited. Everything, like every, everything I list: Charlotte Bank, you know, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, yep. Cena, Styles, Lesnar, Orton. I'm, I'm into. Or- I, what, 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 I, what's been your thoughts on Orton so far in his return? Because this is the most interested I've been in Randy Orton in probably ten years. I'm actually into this run right now. I got to tell you, Orton was starting to win me over before he got hurt. Um, I was turning the corner on him a little bit. So I'm going to give him every chance. Uh, it's a weird match against Brock, but I, I'm gonna, definitely going to give Wharton a chance. And then Ambrose Ziggler and Finn Balor, Seth Rollins. Like, hey, what a show. Like, it's just yeah. perfect. I, I so. can't wait to break this down next week. There's yeah, so we'll, much we'll, to get into with it. We'll get into the bigger details there. But, uh, yeah, that's a stacked weekend. So, yeah, as you said, if you want to order some pizzas and lock yourself in the house, uh, not a bad idea because you are just absolutely stacked. What's uh, You don't really need, even need a path to greatness. I mean, the only decision you really got to make is uh, Death Before Dishonor or Evolve. And, you know, it's it's, they're both really good shows. I mean, I would probably pick the Evolve show, but, you know, you're getting involved the next day. So if you really want to hold out uh, for Evolve the next afternoon, you could you could do that, too. So that's a good point. And and Gabe booking patterns, the second of the back to back shows is usually the more important one storyline. And that's got your blow off of your like, you know, the TV dudes versus catch points, um, Thatcher Gulak, which could possibly change. And then that I really think that Rhodes hero. I mean, that is really all eyes are going to be on that. And I'm telling you, it's going to get underreported, but that Zack Sabre, Cedric Alexander, like I was there live for what those guys did at AEW. And I'm imagining the match is going to be very similar to that. Cause I have no reason to think that they're just going to, you know, say, Hey, you know, we, we did all that and it was great. Let's do this instead. Like you're, you're in for an absolute yeah. treat. Like those guys are perfect together. Like, one of the best matches I've seen in this entire year. So, yeah, I think you're in for just a, a hell of a hell of a show from all 67. You make, you make so, a yeah. good point, though. If you want to get a little taste of everything, I think you blow off the first Evolve show and, and get the Ring of Honor, right? And Because you can watch Evolve the next day. Or you can order the Evolve show on Friday and just fucking DVR the Ring of Honor. Right. You know, and then watch it afterwards. And You know, it, 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 look, it, everything here, if, if you're a Chikara fan, which we're not, all kidding aside... We have no interest. I know you have zero interest in that, right? I mean, I have, zero, I have no, less yeah, than I zero. I won't, I won't watch But that, if, yeah. if you happen to be a Chikara fan and you're into New Japan, I mean, this weekend is a fucking – this is like – this is almost better than WrestleMania. Yeah, it is. It really is. And then you got UFC on uh, Saturday as well if you're really a, yeah, if you're into an that, MMA I mean, fan. Yes. Yeah. You got a, a big MMA card going on too, so – the, the graps are hot, Rich. They are. It's, it's – I mean, it doesn't end. Like, I'm exhausted. Like, just think about it. Like, I, I'm getting nervous right now. Thinking of what, how, what am I going to do that weekend? Because it's like, who's going to review all this? That's shit? what I mean. Like, I, I, I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> like, oh no, there's so much stuff going on. Like, God damn it! <laughs> who's reviewing I just all want of a this weekend shit? off? Like, the G1 just ended. Like, stop. Well, let's stick Warren Taylor on the Evolve shows. Uh, you know, this is a, this is a production. This is a this yeah, we're is gonna, an office meeting on the air. Already. Yeah, nobody's uh, agreed War- to anything at all. We have no <laughs> idea what the schedules are, but. Listen, this is how it's going down. Warren Taylor is doing the Evolve shows. Sean Cedor is doing Ring of Honor. I'm sure he's planning on it anyway. Okay. NXT TakeOver will have a team review. Yep. Uh, J-Cup. I don't think we'll have problems getting someone to do that. Or I could do it. Maybe we could stick someone on your... Do we have a Chikara guy? No, we, we can get one. We we'll get a Chikara guy. guy. We can get a Chikara guy, right? We can find a Chikara guy. If you're somebody who's a Chikara guy, guy you, you DM us. Yeah, you want to be a Chikara guy for us? I think guy. we might have a Chikara guy. Do we have any Chikara guys? Oh, we have oh, one we guy. Have no, we have a guy. Remember? Who's our guy? Who we we got? Who's our Chikara guy? Chris. I don't even know half these people. Who's Chris? Your DM boy. He's a Chikara guy? Oh, yeah. the Smash guy. Oh, well, he can do Chikara too. 
The guy that does Smash? Yeah, he could do Chikara too, right? He did right, Chikara so we'll versus give... Smash. That's half the battle, right? He's a Chikara guy then. We'll give him Chikara. I don't know he's if he's Chikara actually a Chikara guy. guy. I think we should. Well, he is now. If you're he's... interested in being a Chikara guy, do contact us, though. We don't are... we have someone who has Chikara Topia? Weren't they talking about it in the office? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're going to watch I, I, it live. I think we got a Chikara guy. Why wouldn't it? It's a big show. Princess Kimberly, man. And then SummerSlam will be a team effort. So, you know, I think that uh, we got every. I, this won't be as hard as you think. No, it's I not know. like CZW's running. That's this weekend too. We've got to. No one wants to do that shit. The big CZW show, you know? big uh, big FIP show this weekend too. So, Warren Taylor might do that. Eh, I don't know about FIP. He, he, he's done FIP. For he us, has, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put a gun to his head and be like, "Do it or you're fired." I wouldn't but... put a gun to Warren's head at all. That'd be mean. Why would you do that? Nice. I have the best Warren Taylor Dallas story when we were in the car and we were lost in a really bad part of Dallas, but I can't tell it on here. <sighs> Are you sure you can't? No. Because it, he doesn't want you to tell it, or is it like he, CD? I, I, I don't think he wants me to tell. It's just it was. It's a great story, though. Hey, we were lost in a wrong part of town, and hilarity ensued. It was it was something else. Maybe I'll <laughs> tell it on the air if he tells me. If he if he okay, allows he's me to get the tell thumbs it on up. The air, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take it to him and then we'll uh, we'll do that. All right. Uh, a few more topics here before we get out uh, for the day. Um, I wanted to talk about Will Osprey. Because he got, was in the news that he's going to be debuting with Ring of Honor. I guess this kind of leads into a little bit to our uh, Death uh, Before Dishonor conversation. He uh, is debuting with Ring of Honor at the UK tour. And uh, here's the uh, Observer, what they had to say about Will Ospreay debuts on the UK tour. Right now, we don't know how uh, this impacts the US scene as both Evolve and Ring of Honor were attempted to sign him for US deals. Of course, that was the Paul, uh, whole Paul Heyman thing and all that uh, in between his New Japan tours. Osprey will work the 11-18 show in Liverpool and the 11-20 show in London, but not the 11-19 show. Uh, Osprey has been offered a full-time deal where he'd work in between New Japan tours for 2017. What is your thoughts on Ring of Honor uh, doing something we said they should have done a long time ago and trying to get Will Osprey into the mix? The Will Osprey has a 20-plus minute interview conducted by, I believe, the Tag Room. The Tag Room, yeah, our good friends at the Tag Room. Yeah, they do a great job and, as well. And... um it's, it's a great interview. There's a lot of great insight. If you go to the part where they talk about Paul Heyman offering him the Evolve contract, you will discover that Willow Spray is business, from a business perspective, is a little bit wiser beyond his years. We know he's a 22-year-old kid. We know he has not handled the Vader thing all that well. We know that he could be a little image. He's 22 years old, Rich. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I was, like, I think I'm people a complete fool when I was 22. It's, like. It's an idiot. the way I would <laughs> conduct my. I can. I'm almost forty, and I don't know how to conduct myself online. I couldn't imagine how bad I'd be at 22, in the age of Twitter and everything else. And and he's 22 years old. But if you watch that interview, and when they get to the part about the evolve offer, he really shows a ton of maturity from a business sense. He says, "Hey, look, I got an offer from these guys, but I and and and." It's up to me what contracts I sign outside of Japan. It is entirely my decision, but I know that my bosses – and I'm paraphrasing, of course. But I know that my bosses at New Japan work closely with Ring of Honor, and I had a lot of things to consider from that perspective. He made the right decision. He could have signed with Evolve, but he knew that would have been a bad move politically and, for, and from a business perspective and for his future. And he really made the right decision signing with Ring of Honor. So I don't know if we can throw roses at Ring of Honor necessarily for this. He did have a choice. And, you know, when you have Paul Heyman presenting you with a contract, that's Gabe putting the full court press on, doing it in public, making a big deal out of it and all that. The publicity stunt. 
but he made the right decision going with Ring of Honor. I can give Ring of Honor credit for some of the other decisions. Look, they they finally hooked up with CMLL. That's a smart move. They've had a great They're week. Finally, They've really had. They a have great a week great week. Like, week. Oh, geez, finally like somebody in. woke up. Like somebody shook the cobwebs out and went, "Wait a minute, we're Ring of Honor. Like, what the hell are we doing here?" Yeah, they're finally bringing in Dragon Lee, and uh, they've made some other very wise decisions. Uh, but yeah, the, the Will Ospreay thing is big, and especially debuting him in the UK, he's gonna sell tickets. He's gonna, add, you know, he's gonna add to the kitty there. And you know, they've got him under in, in between the New Japan tours. He's a Ring of Honor guy now. Good for Ring of Honor. Good on him for making the wise business decision. Uh, and being wise beyond his years from a business sense, and good on Ring of Honor for hooking up with CMLL through the New Japan connection. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I hope that the Europe, we, you know, we've heard some rumblings that there's other European talent that they're possibly looking at. That would be, a, a, again, a great idea because we, we have been saying it for a while now. That is a really, I mean, it's starting to get tapped now, but it's still a largely untapped market for the American companies to really get into and dive into and like. Anybody that's smart and Evolve's been doing it a while and Gabe's been doing it pretty good as well. Like that is where you can just these guys are ripe and ready and they're almost they're, there's a, such a large handful of them that are just awesome and could fit into your roster tomorrow and get over and sell tickets and and just put together great matches. So I, I'm really interested to see. I mean that, that's that's the hot scene right now. So yeah, going into there and, and trying to get as many of those guys as you can, whether they're full time or they just come in for appearances, that is absolutely the, the right move on Ring of Honor standpoint. And it's 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 good that we're finally hearing that again from Ring of Honor because it's been quite a while since we heard that like. They are after good talent, you know what I mean, and not just guys that pay for their tryouts that can maybe get a dark match. <laughs> so, what about, that? Give me what that, about that tweet? Jesus Christ! Yeah, that whole national thing, like... dark match opportunities. Go, come on. Well, boy, if I'm a big time indie name, that's got me excited. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, like think, like name a name. Like, you know, I mean, like think of a, a big time American indie guy, like a guy who gets bookings everywhere, being told yeah. that you'll get a dark match. But it's yeah, a Mustafa national dark Ali. match. Yeah, Mustafa Ali's excited about working right. at like, dark well, match. I work free. Like, I work here, and I work here, and I'm on the Cruiserweight Classic. Like, no, like, yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. But my I'm home promotion right runs so. live video every time we run. Like, we release via, you know, video on demand, like, immediately after the show. Like, why would I want a dark match? People can see me anytime they want. Like that's like that that works in like yeah that worked in like 2005 guys. That's not going to work anymore. Listen, you can learn hammerlocks from Brutal Bob Evans. Jesus, I do like the way I love the way Evolve does it. Is that you know they tell you that these seminars and yeah you don't hear from like 75 percent of these guys that go to these seminars or I, I honestly you can say 99 percent of guys who go to this you don't hear but like they did during WrestleMania weekend it was that Darby Allen was like all right this guy was the best of the seminar so he gets a match and like he got his ass kicked but it was and he looked good and he's been booked ever since and people got and into they brought him. him back yeah right because that people were into him and it was cool because they built up the story hey this guy was awesome at the seminar he really you know showed himself here so we gave him an opportunity yeah he 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 lost because he's just a seminar guy. But he got over to the point where now people like him, and he's a kind of a big deal there. Like, right? It's not going to work out for every guy that gets the seminar shot. That they pick one guy from the seminar and they put him on the show. It's right. usually what they'll do. At some point during the weekend, you'll get on a show. 
And then if they like, like with Darby Allen, it has worked out. It's not going to work out for everyone. We've seen guys that were one and done, but you at least get an opportunity if you're the most impressive guy at the seminar to get on the iPay-Per-View. And then from there, who knows? You could end up being a Darby Allen. You could end up being a Johnny Organo. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Like, you, you, can, you never know. Like, what if those guys, that guy just catches fire? Like, you have to give it a chance. Like, you, you have no, right. But you give him a dark match, and he's not going to catch fire. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no one's going to know about him. Like, There's nothing enticing about that. Yeah, like you mentioned, Johnny Organo is a perfect example of a guy who just came from nothing, was just kind of that, and then the rest is history. <laughs> he evolved. He was in the fray match. Right. And, and he got himself uh, you know, booked on shows off of that, and, and away we go. Years later, he, he was the, the biggest deal in, in Dragon USA and the pillar of their company. <laughs> he's mean, the icon of that company. Yeah, it's And, and we'll incredible. have the big going away in September and everything else, and he started from that. So it's like... You know, it's it's Ring of Honor's way of doing things is is very 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 strange, very very strange, and I but, think that that's why their roster continues to be thinner and thinner, and why we do these exercises where it's like, well, who are you know who what kind of matches do you make? You know, because the roster keeps getting thinner because they have a terrible way of recruiting talent, yeah. and it's it's and and as time moves on and people move on from Ring of Honor, the the, the roster just thins out. All right, a uh, few more topics to get to here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Joey Styles and his firing. Uh, do you have any hot takes on that or what kind of went down with that? I mean, it just goes to show you don't fuck with Roman Reigns. I mean, you know, and I, I talked about it a little bit last week. If anyone thinks Roman Reigns is done as a top guy, you're nuts. Um, you know, he's still going to be the guy that is going to get every opportunity to be the face of the company. And um, it sure looks like the Roman Reigns comments that Styles made did not help. And I didn't even think what he said was that bad. No, he had a bunch of other stuff, too. And that's what I wonder if it wasn't simply the Roman Reigns thing. Um, that's kind right. of the one that pe- a lot of people are focusing on. There's a, there's a bunch of little stuff here that kind of goes against what, you know, totally sure. wants from their guys. But the Roman Reigns, I mean, there, there's a reason to believe that that, that played a part in it as well. But for people that don't know, uh, Joey Styles, of course, everybody knows who, who Joey Styles is, but he had been working for years uh, with WWE. Uh, he was currently their vice president of digital media content, meaning he basically ran the website. Like He was he was the big part of WWE.com, and he was reported as released um, on the 8th, but a lot of people mentioned that it was probably the week prior. Uh, I think Pro Wrestling Sheet was the first to report it as well, which I thought was a little interesting about a few of those things. So the the idea that it was just like, oh, it was just Joey Styles' time, and they just got rid of him, and it's complete, it had nothing to do with this Q&A, Long-time employee that, like, yeah, people said he ruffled feathers, but the idea that he was just let go randomly, you know, when this Q&A got deleted, I, I, I'm not buying that, right? This is why he got No, it. no, no. Right, this, I mean, come on, let, let's not, like, yeah, let, let's yeah. not. And then, like, the idea that, like, they wouldn't release it either. They wouldn't say, I mean, they do it all the time with people of, okay, you know, we'd like to, you know, welcome, you know, wish Joey Giles the best in his future endeavors. Like, you would do that, right, if it was just like, oh, okay, we're done, like. It's not. It's a firing, right? Like it wasn't mentioned by anybody. And Pro Wrestling Sheet found out about it, and then now people are reporting on it. Like that's that's not. They would make that public if it was something that was amicable, and it, it obviously wasn't. I think, and and the interview disappeared. Correct. It, the interview was deleted. Yes, that's another telltale sign that. <laughs> it, the, the, the thing here is the wrong people saw this, thought he was being a smartass, and he wasn't important enough to survive. Is basically what happened here. He was not important enough in the pecking order to survive being a wise ass 
on this little shoot interview thing. And I saw some of it. I saw the Roman Reigns clip. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, but, you know, referring to the titles as belts and being a wise ass about it, things like that. He was also complaining, too. I think one of the interesting things was he said, uh, here's a quote from uh, Melter as well, who transcribes it. Uh, Styles says when it comes to storyline surprises, they on the web get no advance notice and they find out at the same time everybody else finds out. Styles made a point of using the term belt, even trying to be political, knowing that a belt is something that holds up your pants. But if it's used as a weapon, a championship is not an object. And then said, that's one strike against me in a joking manner about his heat. Yeah, I mean, see, he was being a wise ass about the belt thing, right? And like know, twelve times he said, "I'm gonna get fired for this too." I forgot, like, yeah, he, he said, yeah. he said, and it you bunch, can, so. and you can tell that what he meant by it, like internally, they must be told constantly, "A belt is what holds up your pants," right? You know what I mean? That <laughs> must be the term. You can tell that's the term that's used on the inside of that company. Uh, I'm trying to figure out some other stuff here. Um, bu- 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 yeah, I mean, essentially, it's yeah, the, the Roman Reigns stuff was just that. If you think, you know. Uh, you know, it, here's again what Dave said. Uh, Styles didn't say anything, uh, really didn't say anything controversial. Comments about Roman Reigns where he was very diplomatic. Got the most play and it would seem crazy that that would be the reason for his release is what Dave says. But I think there's a, there's some truth to that. If you saw his part about Roman Reigns, it's essentially that, you know, this guy's not done and, you know, the boss believes in him and I'm not going to, you know, disagree with the boss on that. Like, the boss obviously is right a lot of times. So that essentially what his thing. I mean, that wasn't really all that bad. I think I, I don't know. I guess some people interpreted that as him being negative against Reigns. I, I don't know. It, 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 I think it was more. It could be interpreted as a shot at Vince, right? Because he's going to stick to his guns with this guy, and but he was. I see. He was very. He said, "Hey, look, this guy has been right more than he's wrong over the last forty years or whatever it is, or thirty years." So he kind of – I didn't think it was that bad either, but I can see where it might be interpreted as him implying that Vince is wrong about the guy. And that's not going to fly. No. Uh, and so. then uh, the last comments that he made, I think, which I'm sure weren't very good, is uh, he was not in favor of the three-man announcing team um, and then called it horrible and saying it works in baseball and football, but wrestling moves so quickly that three voices are too much and the product moves too fast, especially in 2016. And then last but not least, he also said that he didn't like the name WWE Universal Championship. So. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you're too honest for your own good. Right. And, and apparently the reports were that he was, of course, on thin ice and it was like, we just needed a reason to do it or whatever. But sure. this was your reason. Like, you know, anybody who because I, I had people saying, no, he just, you know, they just got let go because of whatever. And it's like, well, no, this is why he got. I mean, like, I'm not saying that this is the sole reason, but this is why he got fired. Like, And people who are on thin ice usually know it's coming soon and you know maybe he was just letting it all hang out because he kind of got the sense that his time was limited anyway who knows but um yeah i mean back to your original point there's no question this is why he was fired yeah i mean there's no question about it all right joe anything else before we get out of here you think styles will pop up like this weekend i mean he wasn't talent i'm i don't know if he's under any kind of non-compete it's like you know, everyone would think, all right, well, there's a Gabe connection through ECW, but Lenny Leonard is excellent at his job. So I don't think, you know, you're not going to replace Lenny Leonard with Joey Styles, even if Joey Styles, I don't even know if Joey Styles would want to do, but that's not going to happen. But I could, could you see him popping up as a surprise on one of these shows, even just as like an in-ring interviewers type of role or, uh, you know, maybe opening up the Evolve show with Joey Styles in the ring the way ECW used to do? Uh, just as for a shock factor, even if it's a one-off, could you see him popping up somewhere? I guess I don't know. I don't see. I don't think in the current culture of evolve. I, I just I, I don't see that. Like maybe you know in a Ring of Honor days gone by or or like that. You know like 
a 2004 Ring of Honor, I could absolutely see that. I don't know. In today's Evolve, I, I just... I think they're pretty loaded what they got there, and I don't know if they necessarily want to do that. It kind of seems pandering in that sense. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, I, Ring of Honor would absolutely not do it. I don't think they would. You know um, what? I don't think you're right about that. You think Ring of Honor uh, would? Because my next point was Ring of Honor. You know, Kevin Kelly wants to be Booker Man and Office Guy and all that. He's got to get off of that chair in order to do that, right? Okay. Who's a better guy to go after to be your new play-by-play okay. guy? Than, interesting theory, yeah. You're being gift-wrapped Joey Styles here. And it's possible Joey got a call, and maybe that's what <laughs> started this. If, if you're Ring of Honor, you don't at least make that phone call? Well, I'm if saying even, maybe of- even before they said, hey, Joey, any interest in going back? And he went, oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, here, one sec. Let me. You know, it's like if this happens, you don't, you don't at least make the call. I do. <sighs> yeah, I guess in the old ring, in, in like a delirious Ring of Honor, no. But maybe in a Kevin Kelly one, I could see that. I guess. I don't know. Um I know they're grooming that one kid that they have. Ian. Rico Binney or yeah. whatever the hell is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Italian kid. What's yeah, his last I- name? Yeah, Ian, uh, I forgot. It's like Rico Benny or Rico Benny or something like he that. He does the Women of Honor matches, yes, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, And, um... You, you know where he's going to show up, Joe? Who? Joey Styles? Yeah. Where? Shakara, baby. Philadelphia. Life in the Wrestle Factory. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> I think gonna, it would shock me, but... It wouldn't shock me at all. But he wouldn't be a regular or anything like that. No, no, I could no. definitely see them bringing him in as like a gag. You know how Chikar does things, yeah, tongue right, and cheeky. Right. I could see, but you know, if if I'm anyone, I make the call. I mean, why not? I mean, not even necessarily as a permanent guy, but to make an appearance or something. Look, he's he's a witty guy. He still has cachet with like the smart fan. Um, if I'm Ring of Honor, I I definitely make that call. You got to at least talk to him. You have to. I think you do. I think you have to talk to Yeah, him. I, I don't think... I think Evolve's kind of matured past that point for Joey Styles. And that's not demeaning... I, I'm not trying to demean Joey Styles in any way. I just think they're kind of good with what they do. He doesn't have a role. I mean... Lenny yeah, Leonard's I just don't good. know what he would do. Yeah, What like, would he do? And Lenny starts off the shows, too. They do the you know Lenny Leonard and Rob Naylor beginnings, which are really see, good. That's what I mean. See, Styles, I think he could do something like that, where if they're going to open the show with an in-ring segment... But then where does he... He just kind of like goes, thanks, guys, bye. <laughs> he was great in that role in ECW. No, I agree, but then, like, what does he do after that? He just kind of, like, goes to the back well, and... You know, you're right. I mean, it would be a little awkward, but, I mean, I... I there's just that obvious connection to Noah Gabe. I got you. Yeah, that's it. I, I like your Ring of Honor thing, too. I think he'd fit very well with what they like out of their announcers, too. Because, like, people kind of – and people have this idea that Joey Styles is still like the, oh, my God, and, the, the, like, his ECW. Like, his late WWE stuff was not that. He had kind of refined that out of his game a little bit. Like, you know, he had still some of the catchphrases, but he wasn't the screamy, like, little dweeby guy that, you know, ECW – came up with ECW. I mean, that's not him anymore. He's a, so he could fit with a straight massive improvement man. over yeah. Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Massive improvement. Um. You know, it's it's he'd be a, a, just an enormous improvement over Kelly, but I don't know how much they like this kid that they're grooming. But I mean, to me, it's like you got to make that call. Um, so I don't know. I I, I was just thinking I like about. It. No, I, you know, I like it. That's pretty good. You know, if, if you're, you know, it, it's like, um, it's how much is Kevin Kelly going to keep wanting to do English language, new Japan world stuff. If he has an expanded office role, is he going to want to keep doing TV tapings? They're going to have to replace him at some point. If he keeps moving up the chain. Well, at some point the chain's going to be where, you know, you can't be sitting at the desk the whole time. You got to be back there, you know, doing I, stuff. I, that's like, what I mean. He's yeah. not going to be able to, to call matches at some point. If he continues moving up the chain, 
so you know, it, it, I guess I, I like it. Yeah, it, it, it just seems like an, a weird move for Ring of Honor, but they've had a week where they've kind of gotten out of their comfort zone a little bit. So, yeah, I guess I mean, it's, it's possible. If they hired Joey Styles and he was debuting on the next pay per view, wouldn't that make you curious to buy the show to hear him do the call? It would. On honestly, right? No, yeah, yeah, legit. I might, I might buy a show just to hear him call Ring of Honor. I'll admit that. I might buy a show that I normally wouldn't have purchased just to hear him call it because it'd be such a novelty to hear Joey Styles calling Ring of Honor and calling wrestling again. Is that the ECW mark in me from 1995? Maybe. But I, 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 he would sell. He could sell me on a show. I, you know, I, I think it, I, they, they've got to make the call. We'll see, though. Who knows if he even wants to do it, be involved in wrestling. I don't, I don't even know the answer to that. I kind of feel like he's he's that guy. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of a nerdy dude that probably loves it. You know, he'll probably even if he doesn't do it now, he might. You know, in a month, go yeah. Just TNA call him. TNA definitely. Calls TNA him. absolutely calls him. TNA has already called him, by the way. I, I don't think he would work TNA. I don't think he would either. <laughs> they, they, I think they like Joey Matthews too. Because I think he's smart enough Josh not Matthews, to work who's Joey, TNA. Joey Matthews. Not Joey Matthews. Joey Josh Matthews. Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Joey. Joey Mercury, Josh, right? yeah. wasn't he? Wasn't he Joey Matthews? He was Joey Matthews in uh in, in ECW and Joey. Yeah, Styles right, right, right. Matches. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, full circle. So there he, it is. Yeah, you know, just blame it on that. But TNA has to pick up the phone, and I think Ring of Honor has to pick up the phone. He's Joey Styles, man. Yeah, it's he's really good. <laughs> I mean, that's... You're, you're downplaying this. I think you got to pick up the phone. I just I downplay it because Ring of it, it seems like a not, but I forget that this is kind of a new era of Ring of Honor. We're starting to see it a little bit. I think if people weren't, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago. If you're not seeing that something new is kind of brewing there, these past few weeks should hopefully be uh, an indication that something new is kind of brewing there. That you know things are changing a little bit. I mean, this week alone, the Observer, the news was was they're doing this, they're doing. I mean, we didn't hear anything like that. For years, it was just stagnant, and now in a week time, they're you know working on Osprey, working on other European talent, and bringing in Dragon Lee, and just signed a deal with CMLL. Like in a week, they did all that, and we've been screaming for four years that they're just not doing anything. So, if that's not evidence enough that something is changing and weird and different, there you go. So, does Global Force pick up the phone? <laughs> How many gold bars would it take to entice Joey yeah. Styles into stock options? Yeah, here you go, Joey. Like. Whatever happened with Global Force Gold, can you still purchase it? Uh, let, let me find out here for you before we uh, sign off here. Because I might be interested. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> might be a sound right. investment at the moment. Global Force Wrestling. All right. Oh, GlobalForceGold.com. Global yeah, there we go. Yeah. GlobalForceGold.com. <laughs> Join Team if, if that's not most disgusting promotional tactic this year, I don't know what is. How can anything be worse than that? Uh, oh, it's Comic Sans. Dear God, I forgot. What? Oh, it's a, it's a font. Uh, nerdy font people won't understand what You're I'm complaining saying. about a font? Yes. And I have well, uh, oh, I'm well in my right to complain about it. So designer people will know. There will be like four people that listen to this show that will understand my Comic my Sans. Yeah, Comic Sans is garbage. You know what it is. It's that stupid, like, faux comic looking. It, it's terrible. It's yeah. Um, I have to take a tour, so let me... Uh, Oh, but it does God, exist. Get, is the point? I gotta, I gotta get my. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta get my email, it, and I'm just, I'm not gonna do. Listen, that, so. I've got my credit card in hand. Can I purchase it like tonight? 
Uh, I think you can purchase the, the title belt still. Remember we had that discussion? Yeah, but I want Global Force Gold. Yeah, I don't know, because here... So, okay. So I got to take a tour. So the free video explains it all. All right, I'm going to put... Do you want me to put your email in here? Absolutely not. Okay. So Joe... Because you're going to get emails from Jeff Lanza. Joe M. Lanza at gmail.com. Put it okay. You know, I'm going to put Joe M. Lanza... Uh, okay, here. I'm going to put uh, Jolton... Joe69 at voicesofwrestling.com. So, you know. That's my actual email address. Yeah, How did go. you know? Jolton Joe69. Jolton Joe69. Joey Lands uh, with two Z's is your name. Your phone number is 5446969. Yeah. Okay. 5457806969. That's like a. Yeah. All right. All right. I've got to put in the uh, show me the video. i got to watch a video. We do not spam, period. Opt out at any time, Joe. Okay. So you get on that email. All right, I'm at carrotsites.com slash seven minute slash GFW gold slash index two dot HTML. So So it definitely still exists. Okay, let's see. I'm not gonna watch the video. Watch the short video and activate your account. Okay. Let's activate. My poor oh my god, I'm gonna get so many okay. Now I'm at carrotbars.com. Oh, so he's just oh my it's an affiliate link. It's not even like a real thing. Like we could do this. It's a pyramid scheme. That's what everyone said. Like, but it's not even like it's not even link. branded. Like, it, it like we could do this tomorrow, right? I could do this right now. I could sign up right now. Yes, that's everyone. And knew we could that. sell yeah. voices of wrestling carrot bars. Unbelievable! I did v- not know that. Voices of wrestling gold. Yeah. Okay. Well, become a customer. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we're okay. Let's see products. How it works. So you, no, I just want to buy something. Just give me. So you buy the gold from carrot gold. Yeah. Or whatever, and he gets a kickback. Yeah. How desperate is this man this to is get involved good. in yeah. something like this? Yeah, this is like... like you a, know how poorly this was Amazon, on him? Get an Amazon account. Like, just get I mean, a, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, this is awful. I can't find out how much it costs to actually buy this thing. I'm trying to buy this thing. Shop. Here, just let me buy one. I just want to find out how much one of those golds are. I want to borrow gold. Select your damn country. Okay, United States. Do you really sell to all these countries? Like, do you have to have every country, like... Listen, uh, global. This is global. It's not global. Okay. okay. It's global. Okay. If you if you're in Zimbabwe and you want some okay. global, do I want a gold. classic gold card? Do I want a uh, two point five gig or, or I don't know what the hell these things are? Five gram. Do I want a five gram? So we're down to the nitty gritty here. Buy all the right. biggest one, man. You're gonna okay. buy all gold. Right. You go big. Five gram. Five grams of gold. Yep. All right. I'm gonna cash out here. It's not in dollars. It's in pounds. So now I got to translate. It's, uh, it's approximately three hundred and two dollars to buy a. Wow! To buy Global Force Gold. A five. A five. It's a card. It comes in like a credit card sized. Because um, you want like a. You want like a big bar, right? Like you don't want a card. Want a bar right? gold? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Nobody wants a fucking. Let's. Uh, yeah, let's see. So they, they send you. They literally send you gold. Yes. How much of that three hundred and two dollars do you think Jeff Jarrett gets? <laughs> Two percent, probably. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I, thought, I thought he had like something going on here. Like, judging by what we get back for things, like yeah, he's getting like five percent max, right? Maybe right. like ten percent at the absolute hundred percent max. He's getting ten percent at the most. He's getting thirty bucks. And how many people you think <laughs> bought Global Force Gold? I'll set the over under. Ooh, hold on now. Okay, there's collectible. Carrot bars. Have you seen these? No. Do you know who uh, Tomas Makowski is? 
I do not. He is a eight-time world champion of the WKN Federation in kickboxing, K1, and Muay Thai. Oh, that Tomas Makulu. Oh, of course. <laughs> right. Well, you can get a card that has gold and his picture on it. Oh, well, shit. You can now also I'm get interested. one that has uh, pictures of the Bahamas on it. You've piqued my interest. Uh, if, uh, oh, if and when the nurse and I have a baby, you can get a baby book with gold in it. So I will keep you informed of... Uh... Rich, you know, I did extensive research this week. Oh, Debbie, a legendary Ultra- figure skater, Debbie Thomas. <laughs> who? You know, I never heard know of who Debbie Thomas is. She's a legend. Debbie Thomas. She's legendary, apparently. I don't know who Debbie Thomas is. Let's see. Rich, Rich. Do you, do you know, I did <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold on a second. Who's Debbie Thomas? All right. It says She's, Dr. Debbie Thomas first reached the world stage when she qualified for the 1985 World Championships by placing second in the U.S. Championships. Uh, in 1988, she regained her U.S. national title but received an Olympic bronze in Calgary. That's it. Oh, so she's an Olympic bronze medalist. <laughs> Legend. Wait, wait a minute. Eighty-eight Calgary. Is that the no? Wait a minute. Is that the? Uh, is that the Nancy Kerry? No, that's Barcelona. That's ninety-two Barcelona. Uh, uh, no, not Barcelona. Uh, 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 what the hell was the? What was the? Whatever name the winter was that. Year. No, it was uh, 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 somewhere in. Oh, shit, where was it? Nancy Kerry. What a show this was. Let me this tell is you. just really. It's just us googling things. Like, who would listen to this show? <laughs> You got that's how you have to title this show. Joe and Rich Google things. <laughs> like, why would you want to listen for, to this? for three hours? The '92 Winter Games are in Albertville. I don't think that's where it was. It was um, oh, yeah, Lilyhammer, Lilyhammer, '94 Lilyhammer. That's where it was. Lilyhammer, Norway. Now I remember that. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm positive. '94. That's not the information I have here. Oh, no. What do you have? Okay, I could be wrong. That's fine. Yeah, Albertville beat out Lily Hammer, according to this. No, I don't know. January 1994. Let's see here. U.S. World Figure Skating Championships in Detroit. Yeah. And then she competed in the 94 Winter Olympics, which were in Lily Hammer. 94 Winter Olympics. Yes, yeah. She got attacked in early 94. I I was talking about 92. Oh, I have no idea about that 92. Because then they change it to every two years. Well, you asked about Nancy Kerrigan, and I gave you the info on Nancy Kerrigan. I don't know oh, about I Debbie I thought you Thomas. said she was 92. You were I telling said me 94. She, she was in both. She, 94 was the attack, though. Yeah, but she won the... the, the no, no. The, this lady won the bronze in 88. <laughs> Deb, oh, Debbie Thomas. Kerrigan, oh, okay. Yes, yes. I thought Kerrigan was 88. You said, no, she was 92. So I looked up 92, which was Albertville. But 94 was Lilla Hammer, and that's where Nancy Kerrigan Yes, was. correct. Okay. Right. So see, when, neither one of us are wrong, is what I'm saying. Right. Because there were Olympics in 92... And 94, because they switched it to alternating, remember? So then there were... They, I was three, Joe, so, so no, I don't. So I don't remember Listen, this. it used to be the summer... And listen, I'm going to explain this remember, to you. Remember, I wasn't born when Top Gun came out, so let's... Uh... <laughs> listen, I'm going to explain this to you. Okay. It used to be the summer and the winter Olympics were in, always in the same year, Okay. So, like, this year, for example, there would have been Winter Olympics in February or whatever, and now the Summer Olympics in, uh, in Rio where everybody's getting Zika virus, right? But then in 90, what they changed it where they alternate. So there's Olympics every two years, but it goes summer, winter, summer, winter, right? But so there had to be a, year, there had to be a situation. Nobody cares. Why am I even bothering? No <laughs> one on, cares, on, finish, Rich. Finish it. There finish had to when they switched it to alternating every every other every two years, there had to be a situation where there were Olympic Games 
either the summer or the winter had to be two years apart in order to go alternating. So they chose to do it with the winter. So there was a 1992 Winter Olympics in Albertville, but then there was also a 94 Winter Olympics like in Lillehammer. Yeah. Right, because then the Summer Olympics in Atlanta were in 96 – Four years apart from Albertville, and then they got on the every two-year schedule, alternating winter and summer. Do you now see what I'm saying? Rich? I see. Yes, I never not saw what you said. I, I so if saying. you we were, were just... so if you were like a wind, if you were like a bobsledder, or if you were like a cross-country skier, you really lucked out if you peaked in the early '90s because you got to squeeze in two Olympics there, '92 mm-hmm. and '94. And '94 was just a, 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 an event. People watched. I remember my parents like sitting down and watching figure skating. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Like, why are we watching that? Everybody was into that. Absolutely, with the fucking knee attack with the bar and everything, Tanya Harding. You know? In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.